You ready? Ready when you are. Ooh, please keep that in. <laughs> it's, you know, I'm starting to get phlegmy. It's winter. Yes. Winter is coming. <laughs> I may put that in. All right. <clears throat> I can't stand it. I know you planned it. I'm set straight this water gate. I can't stand Rocky when I'm in here. Cause your crystal ball ain't so crystal clear. So why you sit back and wonder why? I got this Welcome to Bad Punts and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Kevin Keen. And I'm Mike Olson. Today we'll be discussing Sabotage, released by Open Road Films on March 28th, 2014, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sam Worthington, Olivia Williams, Terrence Howard, Joe Manganiello, Harold Perrineau, Josh Holloway, and Mirie Enos, written by Skip Woods and David Ayer. Based on the novel, And Then There Were None, by Agatha Christie, directed by David Ayer. This is quite a movie. It's <laughs> uh, the first one we've done that we've never seen before, and it's quite the thing. Yes, it was interesting. I watched it a, a couple of times. My, my first take was, I'm, I'm not sure it knew what it wanted to be. Oh, I mean, it, it's, it definitely has problems. Like It's a flawed movie for sure, but... I don't know, part of me kind of likes it. <laughs> really? All right, well, this would be interesting because I think this is maybe the first one where we're not necessarily in agreement. Really? Did nothing? You, you didn't like it at all? Uh, there, there were some parts that I liked, but I just I got the feeling that it, were, it was two separate movies. And I, I, I was really interested because it, did, it wasn't just an action movie, which being an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and, and an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, I found that really intriguing. I just wasn't sure it was really executed that well. Oh, I, I mean, I agree. It's deeply flawed. And it, it, it's one of these movies, and uh, David Ayer, the director and co-writer, has talked about how this movie was kind of, kind of the studio stepped in and made some edits, and you can definitely feel that. Uh, it's, it's on the list of movies. Like, there are certain movies where you watch, and you, you can just feel the thing shift and go like, oh, all of a sudden, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, all of a sudden, it's a different kind of a movie. It, and I can pinpoint the exact scene in Sabotage where I went like, oh, this is going in a direction that I don't think was originally intended. And I think it was the studio stepping in and saying, we need a big action climax. Your thriller, like your cop thriller nonsense, need, get rid of that. Go. We need, yeah, we got to. Yeah, I, they're, they're, I, I can see. And now you mentioned it. I can I, I think I know your, your point, your break point. It's the scene in the in the uh, the parking lot where they all right. meet. Exactly, and, and one so, of us is but, the killer. But when you said that, the first thing that came to mind is is actually from Dust Till Dawn. Where, but those that was a movie that's intentional that it's supposed to be kind of a completely different movie. Right. I don't think that was the case here. No, and and the, David Ayer said in interviews for sure that apparently there was a three hour cut of this movie that was much more of a drama and much more because David Ayer he's the writer of Training Day yeah, he's written, written a bunch of other and stuff. And watch and a whole bunch of other Have similar you, th- type you know themes to, yeah. to those movies, right? I, I've not seen End of Watch. Have you seen it? I, I have not. Okay. Because I've heard it's good, and it's one of those things that uh, I, I thought about watching it uh, this morning before we recorded. I ended up watch, re-watching Training Day because I wanted to be like, let me just remind myself what that movie was just so like, I can compare that and this. And Training Day is so much more, so much cleaner, and there's not – like th- you know, Sabotage is just – there's too much going on. It's overstuffed. There's a million – it's a whodunit, but there's two whodunits going on. There's the whodunit of yes. who stole the money, but then there's also the whodunit of who's killing everybody. 
and it just gets muddled and becomes a mess. And it, like, I, I don't deny that this movie has really huge problems, but moment to moment, I was kind of enjoying it a lot. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> I guess let's uh, let's get to those moments. I guess, well, I, I, let me put it this way. I feel like there's a really good movie in here. This is not the version that is the good movie. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I would, I would be very interested to see that three-hour cut that David Ayer put together that the studio yeah, the, stepped in. Yeah, the, the potential, I guess, of seeing through what the vision was. Although, you, you might get where uh, a Donnie Darko, which I know that you... You and I both love the, I guess we'll call it the studio cut, and then we've both seen the director's cuts. Oh, the, <laughs> the studio knew what it was doing because the director's cut was a disaster. Was that the studio, though, or was that just... I, I don't know who it was, but I didn't think it was the director. I mean, if you're getting a director's cut. I think that's a very different situation because I think he, he... Yeah, the director didn't understand his own movie. I was going to say he was successful in spite of himself. Right. It was an accident. It's, I, I know we've talked about this in the past amongst ourselves, but just the accidentally great movie right. that is Donnie Darko. Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, just, just I have a question for you, and maybe you can answer this and maybe you can't because I could not answer it. What was sabotaged? Uh, the title? Well, that was on the, the list I have here of things that confused me. I'm... Was anything sabotaged? What, like, why is this called sabotage? I, I did not see a single act of sabotage in this movie. Uh, outside of, I guess, the, the destruction of the money? I mean, that, that was you know, a sabotage mission, if you will, because I would guess that their initial mission was not to, to raid the, uh, the, the drug house and destroy the money. My guess is the season. Well, right. So... I'm stretching, but you could say that was sabotaged. I don't know if that technically, I mean, maybe. That's as close as we're going to get. Yeah. Because it's just a strange, first of all, it's just the most generic title. Yes. I couldn't, you know, I've watched it three times at this point, because I watched it the first time when I was trying to take a break from Batman and Robin a month ago. Uh, and then I watched it once again just to kind of prepare for this, and then I watched it again uh, this morning just to like refresh my memory, because it's been a while since we recorded. And I still have a hard time remembering what this movie is called. We've got it written down. I've got it written down in my notes, and I still like sabotage. It's, it's so generic. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if that was a working title that just stuck or what. But I, it doesn't really tell you much about the movie. I know. I know the the working title for this movie. Was, I think it was called Ten at one point, and then it was called Breacher. Breacher is an okay title. It's better than sabotage. Uh, it, it it is a better, but maybe it could be confused with Jack Reacher. I don't know. Uh, that's, that's true, yeah. Why, why they may have done away with that, but... You know, now that you mention that, I'll bet that's why they changed it. I don't know, when did Jack Reacher come out? Probably was, I mean, this is 2014, so it was probably, it either would have been before or around the same time. Yeah, it, yeah, it may have been 2013, but still, it's close enough that... Yeah, they, they, in terms of when they were filming, it actually might have been right around the same time, so... But I, I, I do like this, like you said, it's it's a movie that is more, it's it's Arnold playing a character that's kind of unusual for him in that he's a crooked DEA agent. Yep. Leading a whole team of crooked DEA agents. And it's like seeing him in this role, it just made me go. It's, it's a shame. It's, I, I, it's kind of why I want to champion this movie to a certain extent. Like I kind of want to be, I want to, I want to, I was rooting for this movie so much because I want to see Arnold in these kinds of roles more. And I'm so disappointed that this failed, even though I don't, I'm, I'm not making the claim. This is a good movie, but I'm making the claim that I enjoyed watching it. Let me just put it that way. But Oh, I I really like. I thought he was doing a pretty good job, and it was an interesting role. Yeah, I don't think its failure was on Schwarzenegger. Uh, I think the the failure overall is that it's just a confusing confusing script. However, with that, I'm sure that when you're at the the top billing, people will say it's a Schwarzenegger failure, right? It's the post post governor 
uh, failure that there have been a number of movies that haven't been huge successes. I'm not really sure that's it. You know, he should have to wear the jacket, but he probably does. Yeah, and we touched on this last episode, but also just the fact that you know, you and I are big Arnold fans. You know, obviously since we have this podcast, but uh, you and I had never heard of this movie until we started looking into. You know, I mean, it came and went, and I didn't see a single ad for it. Like. It's not even a question of bad marketing. It's a question of no marketing. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was just one that the studio was looking to dump. And, you know, 2014 wasn't necessarily a good year for me unless I was actively seeking out movies. Because I'll admit in the Netflix and Prime era, I don't I don't see as many ads. Yeah. Um, I still try and keep up to date with new stuff coming out. But, in, uh, you know, it's not 15 years ago where I'd be watching TV and I'd be bombarded with you know commercials for it so i guess if you weren't and maybe it was strategic maybe the studio looked at it and said man we got a dog we just need to cut bait and not push this this much and just kind of take our lumps and move on i mean you're right there isn't as much market but you know i watch youtube and you see ads on true. uh you know online and even there didn't i didn't see any billboards just no it may, may have just been one of those that they wanted to get it out and that was it they yeah. they it was just they had deemed it maybe it tested poorly and it was going to be a failure and they would rather just cut bait and run yeah but let's uh, let's get into the movie because uh well it opens pretty rough that that's for sure and it, i i will say i think this at least to date this and granted this is one of the newer vintage so it's more likely to be more graphic this has to be the most graphic of the movies we've done so far, and I would guess, now I don't know, we haven't, you know, there's some other newer Schwarzenegger movies that I haven't seen. Hmm. There's not too many. I can't imagine many are going to be more graphic, and it certainly opens pretty graphic. It's pretty brutal. I mean, I, I mean, it's the opening section where we don't see much in this opening before the the title, but... It's pretty heavily implied, but you're, you're right. Yeah, you're, I mean, just just the, her, her, I mean, it, it's it's really rough either way. I mean, but... It's the part later that really got to me. It's yes, when no, you really it's, it's s- far worse. Yeah, you see the full tape later, and but, yes. but yeah, you're absolutely right. This this the violence in this movie is, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that makes me feel guilty. I'm sitting here doing a body count and going like, I don't know if this is even appropriate in this movie because it's, the violence is so brutal and so realistic. It does seem strange for me to go like, well, two, three, four. I'm just checking them off a box. I mean, there there is some kind of action movie style violence where it's just like. Good guys shooting the bad guys, although no one's really really a good guy in this movie. Everyone's right. kind of crooked in some way or another. <clears throat> but uh, there is some of that. But man, yes, you're right. Some of this violence is really tough. Yep. No, and it's certainly a departure and uh, from we'll call it, you know Schwarzenegger's um, you know the, the heyday of his career in the late '80s, early '90s. It's certainly a, or uh, early '90s. Certainly a departure from that. Um, and I also say this opening. You know, I had just gone back and re-listened to our first episode one of Last Action Hero and how much we love that opening. Uh, <laughs> very different, and I'm not sure I necessarily love, you know, this opening. Did you think he was, that Arnold was doing a good job portraying that, like, he's obviously, like, that's that's a tough thing for that character to be going through? Yeah, I, 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 I'd say throughout this, I didn't, I don't think that he was not believable and outside of, you know, I don't think he can ever get rid of the accent. Right. I, I didn't feel like he's the reason that this movie... I didn't feel like he was the problem with this movie. I actually think from this scene on, I think he does a pretty good job. I agree. I, th- I thought he was doing... He, this is something that he, you don't see a lot of him of just go, like going through this kind of emotional pain. Right. I thought he, I agree. I, th- I thought he did a good job. The only reason why I ask is because I read a couple of reviews of this. 
uh, and I can't remember the reviewer's name, and I, I should have written down the exact quote, but it was something that it was the San Francisco Chronicle. And the review, reviewer said something to the effect of Arnold watches the videotape of his wife being tortured with the distaste of someone who just smelled like a bad hot dog. I, I should probably find the clip. <laughs> that, it, was, that, it, was, that, it was a real slam, and I can't remember wow. exactly. Yeah, what, no, I mean, I, I, that, that's not what I took away from it. I didn't, I didn't think he was unbelievable or that it was. Uh, you know, a poor job on, on his part. I again, I just think it's a, a a pretty rough rough opening, and maybe it's because I didn't know you know what this the style that this movie was going to be, having not really known much about it. Right. That it it was pretty jarring, and maybe that was maybe that was the intention too, and so maybe it succeeded there. Um, I'm you know I, I obviously didn't write it, so I'm I'm not sure if that was the intention. If so, well played. It certainly sets the tone. It's like absolutely. Oh, oh this is the kind of movie we're in for. Now I understand. Yep. What I'm getting into. So yeah, so suddenly it's eight months later. Yes. I like the title card where he's like cleaning the blood off his hands. We will find out later what that is. But then it skips to eight months later. And he and his crew are going to to bust down the door of some drug kingpin's mansion. Yes. And this is where my, I'll begin in my gripes or complaints. (laughs) You know, I, I don't know how much of this was written. I didn't try and find a copy of the script. But... The banter inside yeah. the truck. I mean, it's just f bomb after f bomb. Look, don't get me wrong. I know we've said I'm, we're trying to keep this podcast clean. I certainly curse a ton, and I use that one a ton. It just seemed like really lazy writing to me. Well, I was telling you before the show, I almost uh, did an f bomb count for this movie because it's so preposterous, and it might have Goodfellas. I was going to say it might be in Goodfellas territory, and that's that's yeah. saying something. See, see the 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 swearing didn't bother me so much. It, it is like the the banter is strange like the whole like are they as big as your wife's like that stuff right but at the same time like the second time watching it you kind of go like oh i we we will meet his wife's his wife soon and you understand where he's coming from you know what i mean yeah like are you know we we may just end up having to like bleep this episode if we're gonna end up quoting this movie but you know where he says are your balls as big as your wife's it's like well when you meet his wife you kind of get it Whereas the first time you're watching it, it's just like that's a that's a really lame. Yeah, that doesn't make any doesn't make a lot of sense. I I don't know though. I I I don't think we're supposed to like these guys though. That's the thing. Like I don't think the movie is showing us this scene going like these guys are pretty cool, right? Yeah. Eh. I think it is kind of just showing like these are just a bunch of meatball idiots. Yes. Who this is their idea of like witty repartee, <laughs> you know? and they're just they're just a bunch of grunts about to bust down a door, and they're just you know this is. Probably the way those guys talk. I mean, he, you know, uh, uh, Sam Worthington, who plays Monster, he's, in the, he's the one kind of having the, the repartee with Arnold. And he's got that the goatee with the dumb, like, rat's tail down right. the front. It's like, maybe I'm being judgmental, but I don't necessarily... You look at these guys and just go, like... It's not that they're unlikable, necessarily. It's just that they're just, you know... I don't think the movie is trying to present them as, like, look at these cool guys. It's just like, you know, they're just... A bunch of meatheads. Yeah, well, I have this later on in my notes, but I'll just get to it here. I, one, of the, one of the issues in my second watch through when I really thought about it is, you know, this is this elite team of undercover DEA agents. They're not very diverse. And if, they're, if the majority of um, the undercover work is to undermine the Mexican drug cartels, which is where most of uh, the illegal drugs are coming to in the United States... I'm not sure how much I buy because just about all of them look like, yeah, if it's the Sons of Anarchy, probably have no problem blending in there. Yeah. But that one, I, I you know, I, I'm not sure how the decision was made, but that was one of the leaps that I had to make is that this, 
this team doesn't make a lot of sense to me of where they're likely to be undercover. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but you're right. I mean, they are stationed in Atlanta. It's true. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, if if they were in Texas or something, I would 100 percent agree with you. But you can well, ca- well, it's interesting that you say they're based in Atlanta. I'm sure that's because that's where the movie was filmed, because probably of tax credits. But that was my other beef. Is this? Well, where is this elite team? Where would you see the most activity? If I'm to believe Breaking Bad, which I think they're probably right, you're probably going to see it right there. You know, on the border uh, of Texas and. Um, you know, in El Paso, you're you're not even going to be in Dallas. You're not going to be in Houston. You're going to be right there on on the border. Do we know where this mansion is? I don't know if we, is it in the Atlanta area or is it somewhere else. They never really established that. I, I mean, it, yeah. for, for all we know, they actually could have been south of the border. They could have been in Mexico. That's what I'm saying. Like these guys are all based in Atlanta, but they could be. You know. They could be flying around, yeah, going down south of the border and, they, and doing their job down there. They they could, but I, I guess when it comes down to it, they're, they they do use the word undercover for this team, but they're not really undercover guys. I mean, uh, you know, they, they don't they didn't show them. They they show them all of the stuff, the scenes that we see the entire movie. They are a tactical unit, right? right. They clearly are that. But undercover, you you if they have that, that's certain that was in their past. Other the, than one scene at the very beginning with. Yeah, with Lizzie, uh, with Lizzie, that's it. I don't know. As an as just an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, it's you kind of go like, well, who cares? But this movie is setting the tone of just like, no, this is going to be a realistic thing. And now that you mention it, yeah, yeah. I having, mean, the, that, a, that was some of the, the the things on kind of my list of I, you know, I don't know if it's flaws, but um, you know, issues that I had. But yeah. so to kind of you know get back, I, I, I had the. You got the opening scene, they're dropping a, you know, just a ton of F-bombs. And then one of the cliches that I kind of rolled my eyes is that we've, uh, we've got a member. I, can't, I'm, I think it was a member of the team. Uh, if not, it was just another member of the DEA who's a sniper and is able to take out another sniper through the rifle scope. I, I, can't, I can't take that anymore. Does he shoot him through the rifle scope? Yes, he does. I can't, I can't take it anymore. I missed that detail. I thought he just shot him in the head. I, I don't know. No, it's through the scope, and I'm not sure if... Saving Private Ryan was the first one, or if there had been ones before, there probably was. But I would start with Saving Private Ryan. And well, I think Tom Berenger did that. Oh, well, sniper. maybe with Billy Zane. I don't even remember yeah. in Sniper anymore. <laughs> You're probably right. I think so. I guess what it was, we're like three minutes or four minutes into the movie, and I've already got a couple of cliches, and that's where I was. I, I, I got off on the wrong foot, I guess, with this one. Yeah, it is that problem of the movie not knowing what kind of... Because in a more more cartoonish movie... Would you have still had that same complaint? No, I mean, if we're talking, yeah, if it's kind of a, I hate to say lighthearted action movie if somebody's being shot in the face, but yes, <laughs> right, if but... it's more of a cartoon supposed to be not serious and gritty, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have as big of an issue, I guess. Yeah, I didn't even notice that he shot him through the scope, but uh, I'm, I'm, I don't doubt it at all. Uh, yes, yeah, so they storm this mansion. Well, Lizzie's undercover. She knows where the money is. Yes. And the one thing I'll note is that um, the uh, drug cartel member that she's uh, quite close to, the actor plays uh, Carrillo in Narcos on Netflix, which he's the exact opposite. He's actually the leader of the search block who's a um, uh, member of the Colombian military who's searching for Pablo Escobar. So I, I first looked at him, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's him, and I had to go check IMDb. And so I said, oh, that's, that's pretty interesting. They've got him playing the complete opposite side on the, uh, on the drug war. Has that guy been in other things? Because he looked familiar, and I couldn't really place him. There were other things on his list, but I, I, off the top of my head, I don't remember what. I was specifically looking to make sure that it was who I thought it was from Narcos. To me, that guy kind of looks like a, a, a Latin uh, Christopher Moltisanti. 
I can see that absolutely, old spider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so she they they bust down the door. She she kills that guy plus a bodyguard. Yeah, so have you got them on the count? I hope. Well, I'm just gonna say the total count for this uh, this opening okay. scene is eight. Okay, because there's no point in going through. She, she, you know, there's a sniper gets shot. She kills that guy. Guy comes in the door. She shoots him, and then they they go in with guns blazing and shoot a bunch of guys. And yes, you know, it's there's it's just a, a you know it's an action scene where they're they're breaching this house. Pretty much. I, I'm not I'm not sure about the random shots that went through a brick wall. I'm not. One, I didn't know why that brick wall was there, but there were a lot of things I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to move through. I, I mean, that, there's probably like, you know, fortified, like we've got to, you know, build up our defenses in case. I, what, see, what came come. to my mind is, yes, it probably is fortified, but I want to know who is the, the bricklayer or the mason that they hired to come into this mansion, potentially in Atlanta, and do some, some work that I'm sure is not up to city code. Eh, they probably did that themselves. They've got their, uh, their mules or whatever. Oh, they've got their own skilled, skilled labor that they can, uh, they can get walls built. I mean, that wall didn't look like it was like professionally. It was just, you know. <laughs> that is true. It didn't look like out it was, a brick. And it wasn't some... a load-bearing wall. Yeah, exactly. It was just there to hide a machine gun, like an M60 or whatever that is. I did notice, because it happens in this scene, and it also happens later in the movie where they storm that apartment building, but... All the bad guys, all all these uh, these cartel guys, they only shoot at waist high. Oh, I did not notice. Only, that all you have to do is like duck down, and you will never be shot because they just they just go back and forth, back and forth, waist high, like just you know. You would think you know mix it up a little bit. Yeah, exactly, up and down, and they're going to drop to the floor, shoot down a little bit. At least you know you'll hit them a little bit. But yeah, they someone shoots them through the wall. Yes, yeah, so they they make their way through, and really, what this the whole scene matters is when they get. To the money, yeah. It's it's interesting watching this and coming to the realization that, I mean, uh, Arnold as uh, as uh, I already forgot his name, not Trench, Breacher, that's Breacher. Yes. <laughs> For some reason, I keep wanting to think it's Trench. But that's that's the no, Expendables. It is Breacher. Uh, yeah, Breacher says like, okay, guys, let's get paid, but you don't really know what that means. And then you get down there and you realize like, oh, these guys are stealing this money. Yeah. Uh, it it caught me by surprise. I wouldn't have expected this, even though it is a David Ayer script and he's directing this and this is what he's good at is you know like corrupt law enforcement officials basically right uh but it actually caught me by surprise it's like oh arnold's playing kind of a crooked guy yeah no that that was kind of the uh why i i, I guess i wanted to like it more is that it was out of character for a couple of reasons that he's not the straight arrow right he's not at best he's an anti-hero i think maybe Maybe I maybe I don't even know if he was supposed to be an anti-hero. I think it may have gotten that way when it was changed. Yeah, I think he was just supposed to be a bad guy. So I I thought it was really and not a bad guy like Batman and Robin our last movie. Right. But, you know. So I wanted to like it more because I thought one that he wasn't the problem and doing a pretty good job in showing some range, and then it was a, a character that was different for him. It's one of those things, and we'll have to get to it later. By the way, since this is a more recent movie, I think we should. It's probably too late now. We're already into it, but giving a big spoiler warning because you know this is a movie where the statute of limitations is not necessarily up; it's only a year old. But it's it true. should be pretty obvious if you know. If you, you listen to this, I think we've said in past ones. Yeah, you really <laughs> no, should have seen the movie. Yeah, it's a spoiler alert. But uh, yeah, it's probably too early to talk about it now. But yeah, I think the original idea of this movie before the studio stepped in was right to have him be the bad guy and kind of have him be behind everything, not just having stolen the money, but also. Being responsible for the team's deaths, right? Like he had given ah. Lizzie the orders to kill everybody. Gotcha. 
because he wanted to get him out of the way. So they wanted to stick to, no, we can't have Arnold as a really bad guy, so they changed it. Well, that's unfortunate if that's well, the it's, case. It's, yeah, we'll get to it, but I, I kind of... I kind of I'm kind of glad they did, but whatever. Uh, we'll get there. So they, they get down there, and they start uh, lining up some money. I do like because the, the, the DEA guys are in his ear like, what's happening? Uh, talk to us. Are there any, you know, we're, we're going to come in. He's like, no, no, they're active shooters. And then he shrugs. Right. And it so reminded me of that scene in, uh, uh, in True Lies where the Harrier pilot's like, these missiles aren't going to stop this, these nukes, right? And he's like, negative. That's a negative shrug, you know? Oh, I forgot. It. That's a good connection. I forgot about that. He gives that. the exact same shrug. It made me laugh because it said, like, no, there's shooters. You know, he's just trying to, he's just trying to stall, obviously. But, yes. Uh, it, just, it was just a funny little moment that I, I enjoyed a lot. So, I mean, for me, I just, <laughs> the toilet, I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny or. I think it was supposed to be, it. It didn't really work that well. It added to the level of, I guess, disgust that I had at the beginning, which was really graphic violence, and I have some really graphic, a really graphic commode. Yeah, I guess that kind of flies in the face of, because there's a lot of juvenile stuff in this movie, yeah. and I'm, I was trying to give the movie the benefit of the doubt, going like, oh, this, you know, these guys' juvenile banter is just, it's just presenting these guys as what they are. It's not necessarily, but but obviously this is just the movie being juvenile. Like, oh, let's just have this toilet be disgusting that they have to... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm sure it's, I'm going to end up bending over backwards to defend this movie because there is stuff like that or it's just like, yeah, this this movie is... It, it on the same, it, this, At the same time, it's both trying to be very sophisticated and show a kind of complex... The complex reality of law enforcement, etc. And then yet you get this kind of juvenile stuff of just like... Let's just you know whatever it's it's it is what it is. It's yep. not it's not that bad, but it is unnecessary for sure. So they uh, they start stringing up on on uh, on rope and and taping. I'm not sure how much is in each pack. It doesn't really matter. But eventually they get to the predetermined number of ten million dollars. I I don't know if they're, I think they're just trying to get as much as they can. I don't know if they necessarily decided like let's get ten million dollars. It's just like could be because I I. I there's a lot of we're gonna have to speculate a lot about the plot and like character motivations because there's a lot. This movie has a ton of holes where it doesn't explain things. Just like why did this character do this, etc. I get the sense that uh, the breacher was hoping to get enough that he would have his share would be enough to, you know, bribe everyone in Mexico. All the stuff we see later, and then when there were issues because because Smoke Jennings is the guy who gets shot, and they like they kind of end up getting less money. I get the sense they ended up getting less money than they were planning. It felt to me like, oh, they didn't get as much as they thought, and so that's when Breacher had realized, like, oh, i got to take the whole thing. It could be, but I guess my issue with that, getting to the end in, in the bribe, is that I just can't imagine that one federale would need that much money. And <laughs> right. so I... Well, the cartels I, it, are pretty powerful. Like, if you're going to risk your life... It's you pretty might. powerful, but even a million would have been enough. I mean, the part that I don't understand is... When did Breacher have time to go down there and steal this money? I don't know when he had time to go down there stealing money, but even before that, I want to know how... It's been established that nobody knows how much is down there. So how later do they know $10 million is missing? Is it by weight? And even if it was by weight, you don't know. It was at, 50, it was at denominations in 50s, 100s, 20s, 10s. You have zero clue how much what? money is down there. The way they try to justify it is they say there's a, there's a parallel FBI investigation, and that's oh. how they knew... I, you know what? Even though I did it twice, I must have missed that. But 
in in, in the because they they, they they after this that we see all the interviews but, of them being interviewed by like DEA internal affairs or whatever that is whatever that let, department is. Let's say that there's a parallel FBI investigation, so you know that there's a hundred million down there. I I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. They blew up the money. How, how do you know then what you know got burned completely to a crisp, and then what was left? It just—it's implausible to me how you might have like a range. Hey, there's a lot of money missing, but the fact—and that's easy to write in a script. You just say, "Hey, there, this this was significantly light. We think something happened down here." But they know the exact dollar amount. I find that beyond implausible. I think impossible. there's well, I wouldn't say impossible. I think there's only one explanation. And that is that that parallel FBI investigation, it wasn't investigating, because they don't necessarily give any details about that investigation. My theory is that FBI investigation wasn't investigating the cartel. It was investigating Breacher and his team. And that they had possibly had a, had a mole in Breacher's team who told the FBI, like, yeah, Breacher's planning to steal 10 or however much million dollars. But that would be a plausible explanation. The issue is, I guess the problem is you'll never... You'd never know who it was because you get no indications. You you can right. pretty easily rule out who it probably wasn't. It would have to be one of the early early team members to die. would Would be the only logical ones because right. you know too much on the ones that take longer. That they're they're too far gone and too corrupt. Yeah, and it's a theory. I mean, you know, this movie leaves so much unexplained that maybe I'm I, I'm sure I'm like you know putting. Now, I'm just coming to it trying to explain these plot holes as opposed to just looking at what the movie is telling us, which is not enough. Um, but that's the only just the only thing that made even remote sense to me is how that makes sense. Is the FBI is, was investigating Breacher. Well, in terms of investigation, we now move once the money's gone and nobody can figure it out to the interrogation scenes, which is how you actually get the introduction to the characters. Yeah, so we've got we've got uh, eight characters here being introduced. So we'll just run through because first is Breacher, play, played by Arnold, and uh, then we've got Lizzie, uh, played by Miria Enos. So I I vaguely remember her from World War Z. That's the only thing I've seen her in. Well, this movie already got off to a hard hurdle with me having her cast, and I actually don't you know I don't have any issues. I do remember her in World War Z. She's pro- she's actually a fine actress, but she's associated with the killing. On AMC, a TV, one of the first TV shows that ever physically made me angry, and <laughs> okay. so that was a a tough a tough hill for it to overcome when uh, when I when I saw uh, her and I, uh, Detective, uh, it, it'll come to me here. But she it was a, a TV show on AMC. I watched the first season. The whole, all of the, the TV commercials indicated who killed Rosie Larson, and you're led to believe that will you watch this to the end of the first season and it's going to be self-contained and they're going to tell you. And they did not. And not only did they not tell you at the end of that season, they didn't even tell you in the first episode of the next season. <laughs> they dragged it out for an entire another season, so I was so glad I pulled the plug. That's crazy. I didn't know they because I remember you talking about it at the time. And, yes, and I didn't know they. As you can tell, to, to this day, I'm. I'm and actually, her, her uh, it's Detective uh, Linden. I can't remember her her first name on the show, but Linden. none of that's none of that's her fault though. It's not her fault, but the, as soon as I saw, her, I'm like, oh, all right. This, this, it already it, it was it had it working against it with me. Well, apparently, originally, uh, Malin Ackerman was cast, and then she had to drop out because she was hmm. she was pregnant. Uh, I don't know if they filmed anything with her, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if that, you've, you'd consider that an upgrade or a downgrade, but uh, uh, I, I only I, know her from The Watchmen. That, that's really all I know her from, too, so it's too too hard to tell. Yeah, okay, so then uh, next is Sugar, played by Terrence Howard, who whose star has really fallen 
you know. He was in being, some ways, but I'd say depending on what you're. I mean, he Empire is a huge show, so I mean, in in some ways, just just I don't know if it's rising again, but I'm, he. I've, I don't know, maybe. I, I'm, Empire's not on my radar really at all, so I haven't well, really it, watched it. Well, it, it's a huge, huge in terms of ratings success. Whether or not, you know, it's prestige drama, I'm not sure it really matters. I think financially it's successful. I didn't know, I didn't know it was that successful, so yep. maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But I just, I just think of him as being, like, up for Oscars, Hustle and Flow and all that, and then, you know, he was on his way to being, like, a leading man, and now he's just this part in this, this like, well, it's funny. He's in this. And then it's probably a year earlier. He was in prisoners with, uh, which is a movie. I actually, I, I really enjoyed, um, with Jake Gyllenhaal, Donnie Darko, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman and a couple of others. It's actually, it, it's a movie I liked. He, he doesn't have a huge role in it. He doesn't have as much screen time as Gyllenhaal and, and Hugh Jackman, but, a, a, a prominent role, and that's the last thing I remember him in since seeing this. Yeah, I like Terrence Howard. I just think it's you know he's not in as much, and it's funny because Sam Worthington is kind of in that same boat. Where five years ago he was in everything, he was yep. Terminator and Avatar and blah blah blah, and he hasn't been in much lately. This is Faded the first time, yeah, I've seen him in a while. Uh, so yeah, we meet Pyro Max Martini is the actor. Where he'll, he's not in the movie long. He'll nope. meet he'll meet a train very shortly. Uh, Tripod played by Kevin Vance again. Barely in the movie. Uh, Neck, by jo- uh, played by Josh Holloway. Sawyer. One of two lost actors uh, yes. in this movie. Yeah, it's... Uh, he should be in more things. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that uh, Josh Holloway's career... Ha- he hasn't done much. He had about three minutes in a Mission Impossible. Yeah. Uh, another TV show not that long ago that I don't think made it past the first season... Uh, so I was actually I was surprised when I I saw wow I haven't I haven't seen Sawyer in a long time so I was I was kind of excited yeah and you and I just should be said we're we're big Lost fans up until yes. that final dis- episode yes the disaster <laughs> that was the finale and actually most of that last season but particularly the finale but uh, yeah but Josh Holloway he's a good actor yep uh, Grinder played by Joe Joe Manganiello uh, coincidentally today we're recording on November twenty second coincidentally he just got married today. Oh, Sofia Vergara, or Vergara. Oh, he's done well for himself. Yes, for sure. Is that is Vergara? Is it how you say? Uh, yes, I think so. I've only seen her in, in Chef. I haven't seen her in a lot of stuff. I only know I know her from Modern Family. My wife watches. Oh, it. Is she in that? Yes, no, I didn't. Know That's that. where I think she's really become famous. She's pretty good in Chef. Uh, but yeah, they just got married today. So congrats to the two of them. Just yes. coincidentally, we're recording this like an hour after they got married. Uh, and then Monster, played by Sam Worthington, we talked about. So that's 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 Preacher's crew. That's the team. It won't, uh, it won't last the duration of the movie. So after you get through the intros, uh, through the interrogations, which I actually kind of liked, I thought that, I actually think the interrogation scenes were probably my favorite in the movie. Uh, we cut to Breacher, uh, present day. Um, it looks like he's under surveillance. The one thing that I noticed, he's got, he's got this bowl of apples on his table. It has to have, I don't know, f- 20 apples i just the first thing i came to mind is this is a guy who's living there by himself i know he's a healthy guy that's a lot of apples for one person it might just be plastic apples you know he doesn't it, have it, a lot of... it could be but I, the first the first thing that i noticed it's a dumb thing to notice but i'm like that is a lot of apples on that table that his house is very strange considering like first of all it's a very really nice house like right on the lake yep like i would be suspicious of him too if, if i was right. an investigator like how does he have all this money to buy this nice house it's got weird bear bear statues outside of it and stuff like that it was it was very interesting. I think it was specifically chosen if he 
if he was going to be a bad guy, not just, you know, maybe an anti-hero, I think you were trying to establish that. And I think that did a good job that he's, he's this probably this money that is being stolen for the revenge, you know, story against the cartel. It, this house would make you believe that that's not the first money he's stolen. Oh, maybe. I, I don't know if we're supposed to believe that or not. I think where the movie wound up, you're right, that it's more ambiguous. But what I'm saying is that if what you indicated was maybe the original intention was for him to not only have stolen the money, but to have set up the team to be, you know, to be murdered, yeah. I think it's fair to assume that he's a bad guy overall, and this probably isn't his first rodeo. This isn't the first time that he's necessarily stolen. So you think he's the, the, these guys are just crooks and are stealing money from uh, left I and right? I think as the movie has... As the movie was cut, no. But I think maybe as the original intention was, if he was really supposed to be a bad guy, this house would certainly lead you to believe that this probably isn't the first time he's been investigated at a, at a minimum. Well, and we also never learned what his wife did. So That, uh, that is true. Uh, yeah, so these guys, these investigators were following him. They, they give him back his Netflix DVD. Yes. Which was a weird some, thing. Some, he made him some Pop-Tarts a little, again, attempt at comic <laughs> relief. I actually thought that of the two... We'll call it partners in this. You've got uh, a, a set of partners that get way more screen time. Their banter was far more believable, and I, I actually I enjoyed theirs. Yeah. As we get further along, the most painful stuff in this movie is the other detective duo. These these guys I actually kind of liked, but what what I will say, what I love most is that they were able to work in. I don't understand why they followed him into the gym, why they're not just sitting out in the car waiting for him to leave. I know why. It's to get a scene of Arnold working out, which I was glad they were able to work into this movie. Yeah. I'm not sure that a movie is complete without him lifting something outrageously heavy for no apparent reason many times, or him lifting weights, and they got him lifting weights. Yeah, I mean, you know, he could have given them the slip if they didn't go inside. I, I, I get it. Is he, but is he going to run somewhere? I mean, his, if, they're, if they're following his car... I. I, I, I didn't find it very believable why they needed to follow him in. Because they didn't follow him into his house, right? They could have given him the slip at his house. They went outside. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, 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 just, I thought I got, a, I got a laugh out of it because I think it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. They were pointing out, we need a, a reason right. to show you a scene of Arnold working out. So here it is. We've cast Arnold Schwarzenegger, so yes. here's the scene. The yes, of him lifting weights. And to be honest, I was pretty impressed. He's, he's not a spring chicken, but he still can whale, he still can lift more than I can. He's holding up pretty well for yes. considering his age. Yeah, so we, then we see him at work, which I I so enjoyed watching Arnold working on an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, I absolutely did too. That that was one of my favorite. I, I actually I I think you could have a lot more fun with that than a lot of the stuff in this movie of him just. If he was just on suspension the whole movie, I'd kind of like to see that his frustration of getting like the error message that comes up, you know, uh, minor loss of fidelity, and him trying to understand what a minor loss of fidelity means. Does that mean he's cheating on his wife? I mean, I could, I, there's a whole bunch. The, the, the opportunities of him entering data on an Excel spreadsheet, I, I, they're endless of how, many, how much entertainment I could have. Yeah, these six months where he's just, he's just sitting at his desk entering data into the spreadsheet, that's a whole movie right yes. there. Why isn't this field lookup working the way it's supposed to? <laughs> I'm trying to build this pivot table. These macros are not working. <laughs> there's just so much you could do, but it's like uh, it's like in The Incredibles. Where yes, that's a great yes. That is a great comparison of yeah. Mister Mister Incredible, just bogged down in the day to day life that many people lead in, uh, in in an office setting. Yeah, so he gets followed into the bathroom, where he disarms some jerk who's 
Yes, who barely time. has any screen time. Uh, he actually was. I don't. I don't have the actor's name written down, but he and one of the uh, leads at the DEA were both in the TV show Boss together. Um, it, in this scene, to me, was a total wasted scene. He disarms him, throws the gun in in the urinal. I'm not sure why that character, to be honest, and maybe in the longer cut, he had a more prominent role. But based on what you watch, the the theatrical release, there's no point to that character. He's he's the guy later who gives the the information, the homicide detectives, the the flash drive, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, I'm pre- I was pretty sure of that. I just wasn't 100, percent but like, yeah, it's like it's. I'm not sure if like this guy just has some kind of animosity towards Breacher that we don't understand, or. If- Again, I have a feeling that maybe in he seems like he's more of an internal affairs type character. I'm not sure the DEA has that, but it seems like somebody who's frustrated that he's investigated this guy in the past and been unsuccessful and has a grudge. Yeah, that could be. And so maybe in the longer cut you get that, but at least in what you have, this is a wasted scene and a wasted character. But it's it's a thing because he, he he very derisively goes like a <laughs> tactical god or whatever he says. And we, later we see in Breacher's house, he's got all the photos of him, himself with all the presidents, which right. are obviously just real photos of yes. Arnold with presidents. They didn't, need to, they didn't need to digitally alter any photos for those. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but, it, you know, based on that stuff, you kind of look at it and go like, oh, he seems like prior to this, he was a well-respected guy. So it, it is, this movie is giving weird mixed messages about Breacher and yes. what kind of a cop he is, what kind of a DEA agent he is. Uh, he gets called into Floyd Demel's office, which Floyd Demel was also in Boss. He actually plays my favorite favorite character by far and away in that show. It's not a great show, uh, but that that's another kind of pairing, if you will. Lost has two actors in this, as does Boss. Huh. As does uh, Boss. <coughs> yes, Boss and Lost. Uh, yeah, Floyd Demel. I just like that name. I think that's a it pretty, is a pretty good. Flo- Floyd's an underused name. It's a pretty good name for just a. A boss character only shows up for one scene. Uh, it's not as good as Beetroot, but it is pretty good. No, so yeah, so he gets reinstated. His team is reinstated. And he goes back to the their like hangout or whatever, like their training. <laughs> yes, the, their, the, it, it, it's shack. unclear, um, and it's unclear why he is relegated to entering things on a spreadsheet. Which again, <laughs> I like the idea of him entering things on a spreadsheet. Yeah. But why do they just get to hang out and curse and <laughs> tattoo each other? And play video games. Why? Why don't they have to have some data entry work? Yeah, are they getting paid for this time? That's the real question. Like, it, <laughs> they're just on leave. Like, if they're on unpaid leave and they just figure, let's just hang out here. Like, that's that I get. But as a federal taxpayer, if they're on unpaid leave, I'm okay with it. <laughs> right. uh, but if it was paid leave, I I think they they should be doing TPS reports or something. See, that part didn't bother me as much as the fact that these guys are all still hanging out with each other when. They should all be at each other's throat. Yeah, someone stole this money. Someone stole ten million dollars. They don't know who. They should all be assuming it was someone on the team, right? So uh, yeah, who who else knew? Yeah, nobody. Or you know, maybe like if you figure, maybe the FBI knew that they were planning to steal his money. But even then, they don't know. They don't know what happened. They should all be. Mistra- There's no way they would still be friendly with each other. Let alone no, like that is a, an excellent point. I didn't even have that one. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I, I also, I wasn't sure just in less why Floyd Demel just reinstated him. Um, I almost wondered, and it felt, this is one of those that it felt like, was there more to this movie? If it was that he was giving him some rope to see if maybe he would hang himself. Yeah. I mean, it could be. And, and I don't think you get it in the, in the final cut, but that's the only thing logically that made sense to me. Why all of a sudden, 
Washington got tired or, you know, whatever the excuse was. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was the delivery. To me, it seemed like, no, that I, I'm going to give this guy some rope because I, I think he's going to hang himself. Well, and, and to a certain degree, that actually does happen because I think the, the thing that sets all of the events of this movie into motion is the fact that they're no longer being followed and investigated. Because presumably right. everyone else in this team is also being tailed all, I, at all times. It, unless they're all just hanging out in their clubhouse where they don't have to tail them because they're living <laughs> right. there as well. But yes, I would assume that. Yeah, we only have to assign one guy to follow these seven people because they're all going to be in the same place all the time. But uh, yes, but I, I assume now that they're not being followed, that's why all of a sudden, you know, again, spoilers, but uh, Lizzie is the one who ends up, we learn, is killing them all, basically, with some exceptions. Uh, but I assume the reason why she starts at that point as opposed to immediately after the, the theft is because there were investigators following around and now all of a sudden the investigation is off. I don't know. I, I don't know what the rules would be or just like, okay, here's this investigation. We believe these people stole money. We can't prove it. At some point they can't just keep investigating forever. Right? So I don't know. Well, you get it where they're reinstated and now uh, they have to become a team again because they're they're just a gang which actually was a decent line that I thought worked pretty well yeah um there aren't too many in the movie that do so you go through with uh showing showing Arnold as a teacher again <laughs> I did I did like that where he's just like kill the bad guys <laughs> don't kill me that that was one that I had was was one of the better lines like kill the bad guys don't kill me and he's there smoking a cigar of course yeah every every time he's like this movie understands that if he's smoking a cigar it's better yes it's just that's just like the number one Schwarzenegger rule yeah one of the trademarks of I'll be back did did not make it into this movie but the uh, the cigar certainly did yeah this is our first uh, one without I'll be back I, I believe right yeah I don't know I can't remember the last stand when we go back and do it and do that movie we'll have to pay attention but I wonder if since his return after being governor I, I don't know if any of his post governor returns if he, if if he's just left that in the past oh he must have said it in Terminator Genesis he must have I don't remember if he did or not but he must I don't have. know really? well, well, I don't I, I mean I, I can't remember either way so I think well, he may have said I'm back that may be. He may have said I'm back, but that that would not be the the signature line. So I guess it'll be interesting to to, list, to see if maybe he's abandoned that in terms of a trademark. Yeah, I mean he I mean he started kind of abandoning it in like the mid '90s. Like he, I don't think he says in True Lies or or uh, you may, know, yeah, you may be right or Eraser or anything like that. So at some point, I think it was even before he became governor. But uh, it wasn't Last Action Hero. Though. It's, there's got to be some kind of reference in Terminator Genesis, but whatever. When we do that one, we'll have to pay attention. Yeah, so they they whip themselves back into shape in a very quick, very quick fashion. Yes, and the only thing I'll say is that I found it a little alarming that when uh, they whip themselves into shape in pretty quick fashion, they are have a bunch of firearms around and are celebrating with beers. <laughs> well, I, I understand the, uh, they're reckless and everything. I just that just they're a bunch of cowboys. A, That's a, just... Yes, apparently so. I I I made note of it though. Those are two things that don't mix together very well. I mean, they, they also tried to steal ten million dollars. Like, if you, it's true. expecting these guys to act in a responsible manner, like it's clear that that's not what these guys. No, it's not and, their highest priority. And so their their highest priority is to then go to a strip club. Which, <laughs> yeah, I, this was a scene that I, to me, I'm not sure what any of it accomplished, other than it's sort of going down the checklist of action movie. Hey, why don't we have you know some gratuitous 
uh, skin. I, there, there's no, nothing really is accomplished in that entire scene, and then a, a fight breaks out to boot. I mean, I buy that these kind of guys would, would if they wanted that. to celebrate, like, yes. let's go to the strip club, like for sure. And you know, it gives they they had to because this is where uh, Monster and Breacher have like a talk about a heart to heart. Yeah, about like uh, you know, we sold our soul when it was for nothing because right. we didn't even get to, get to keep the money. So they had to have that scene somewhere. So it's like, why not just if we're gonna have this like very deep, like, they're gonna have this conversation. Why not just have you know naked ladies in the background just to give the the uh, impatient audience. You know, whatever audience is just isn't interested in this conversation, they can have something to take a look you, at. You could be right, uh, and and maybe you did have to have the heart to heart with Monster. I'll I'll let it go. I just I kind of it was along the things of sniper scope. It was just some of the cliches. It's like, eh, why? I you know, but the, I this this is the scene though. I think clued me in, or at least in my opinion, I don't think we're supposed to like these guys because they're just the way they're behaving in this strip club. I mean, you know. The fact that it's a strip club doesn't give you just permission to just right act jerks. Like, yeah, I mean, first of all, they they they, they have a drink to smoke Jennings who died, and uh, and Sugar was like, I'm pouring one out for smoke, and he's, it's like you're indoors. I don't care if it's a right. strip club. You can't just pour alcohol on the floor. That's you know what a slot. But then the, there's the the fight breaks out where. He jumps up. Actually, now that I think about it, it's mostly Sugar who's being... Yeah, Sugar jumped up and started <laughs> swinging on the pole. He's like, I'll show you how it's done, and he jumps up on the pole. Right. Uh, and then, uh, I can't remember, he doesn't actually start the fight with the bouncer, though. Well, yeah, he jumps up on the pole, the bouncer tries to grab him, and then Grinder. That's, yeah, Grinder does. Well, the funny thing about that, though, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Grinder and the, the bouncer start getting at it, and Pyro gets in the middle of them, pretends to play Peacemaker. It's like, okay, and then just sucker punches the, the bouncer. <laughs> I missed that. That oh, actually is good. It's kind of funny. Like, it, it's what a, you know, these guys are not even, like, you know. You're, you're right. It's just further establishing. No honor among thieves. No. These guys. Uh, so, speaking of, of Pyro. Yeah, this is, he doesn't last, he gets punished for he, his, I was going to say, karma really paid him back very quickly, and it was... <laughs> In for a penny, in for a pound on the uh, on the payback. Yeah, so he takes a leak in the sink while a Snuggy commercial plays. Uh, yeah. The Snuggy commercial is the thing. I, I was so distracted by it. Yes, the, that probably was the highlight of the scene. Because well, here's what doesn't make sense to me. All right, that this is, I have a lot of gripes with this movie. Yeah, there's. I mean, we're going to be pointing out a lot of things that don't make sense because this movie is a mess. So in the the murder plot for Pyro, I'm just going to park his RV on the train tracks. Yeah. What happens if Pyro wakes up? And a train isn't barreling down. What if he wakes up twenty minutes before a train's barreling down? He's like, "Man, I really, got, I really tied one on. Why am I parked on the train tracks?" And he just backs it out. Then what do you do? Well, they, they seem to have stolen his keys. Whoever did this took his keys. No, he had he had keys. He just he he wasn't able to, I think, figure out fast enough like which key to get in there to, to get it moved. Because he he went and he grabbed keys, and then he realized, "Oh, I don't have enough time to do this. I got to kick my way out." But he doesn't even try to kick his way out, does he? I mean, yes, the door does. is like locked and or something. The but... door is somehow locked, and then I'm like, why isn't he kicking out well, like the windshield or one of the front windows? What is he? Do- I mean, this guy's yeah. a trained killer. What he doesn't know how to exit a locked vehicle? Yeah, in a, in a crisis, uh, situa- in a crisis he does, situation, he doesn't know the rules of a crisis. Situation. He clearly has not learned the rules of a crisis situation. <laughs> yeah, but you think this guy is trained to deal with very intense situations? Like he, would- Hi, I mean, they literally. We have not gotten anything that's established that he or really any member other than Lizzie has any undercover abilities, despite the fact they're portrayed as that. But we've seen multiple occasions, training just a few scenes ago, where they're, you know, 
tactical operators. Yeah. It is completely implausible that he couldn't either figure his way out or that this is how you're going to ensure that he's dead is parking him on the train tracks. It, it, of all of them, this was the dumbest. To be fair, he was probably drunk still, but whatever. He probably was, but why take that chance? I mean, carbon monoxide poisoning, go park him in a garage, you know, I don't, do something, <laughs> right? Well, none of the other murders are even, you know, this one tries, to, whoever the killer is, we don't know at this point, but makes it, tries to make it look like it was just a, a, an, an accident. accident. Yeah. But none of the other murders look like an accident. Like, yeah, there's an excellent point, too. It's yeah, like, Josh why, Holloway gets pinned to a ceiling. Yeah, what's the point of, of this one being an accident if your ultimate endgame is to kill everybody? What's the difference? Yeah. Well, and, and it's, well, if you're going to try, at least keep it up. Try to keep it up for a while. You, for more, yes, for more of them. Yeah. At least the first three, you know, out of eight or whatever, try and make it look like an accident until it's obvious both to the characters in the movie as well as the audience. Because it could have been this first one was exactly to maybe fool the audience. But when you immediately go to the next one and it's by clearly not an accident, what's the point? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, and again, trying to fill in the gaps that this movie leaves, the numerous, numerous gaps, maybe what the, maybe the chain of events is this. Okay, and we're going to jump ahead and cause, because obviously all this stuff ha- stuff happens out of order in the movie anyways. So, okay. First thing that happens is the Kybelas show up and they kill Tripod, right? Yes. That's the first... He was the first one who dies. They just don't find him until way later. Then, I'm going to speculate, then Lizzie kills Pyro. This is before they realize the Kybelas are even around. Then I'm going to speculate. Lizzie finds out about the Kybelas. They end up killing them, right? They steal. They cut their thumb off or whatever. To get. Take some hair. Right. And now they have that evidence that they can pin all the other murders on the Kybelas. And so that's why everyone after that, that, you know, pinning to the, the ceiling, like that's, that's supposedly like, a, like a, a, some kind of a cartel right. thing. Yeah. Like, I guess maybe that makes sense is once they have, I guess, a cover story, then they don't have to make it as elaborate. Right. And that's the kind of thing where you can. It's kind of like the whole like FBI parallel investigation. Like, it's not necessarily that these things don't make sense. It's just that we're not given all these pieces and we're just left with these huge gaps that it's not well explained. You have to, yeah, you have to kind of bring your own explanation to it because the movie isn't explaining itself at all. But anyway, yeah. So, so uh, Pyro's no more. He, Pyro's no more. It's pretty graphic, like everything else. This is, um, this is body count number nine. Yes, and so we get uh, the introduction of two new characters and. You don't get it in this scene. You get it in other ones. The back and forth between these two detectives, I don't, I don't buy it all, and it's maybe the thing I dislike in this movie the most. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of this movie was improvised, and some actors are better at it than others. Could I, just, be. I, I don't know that for a fact, but it feels like that. It could be. So you get uh, Michael from Lost, Harold Perrineau, yes, as well as Olivia Williams, detective... Ooh, I forgot her name. I, I had it. That, it. It'll come to me. Brentwood, right? Yeah, Brentwood. Caroline uh, Brentwood. Caroline Brentwood. She's uh, canvassing the scene, and somehow Breacher shows up, and and is uh, she asks him, you know, if 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 he wa- if he wants to help, and he she, I don't know this. I'm certainly not a homicide detective, but the flags that he's using look like you're staking out for underground utility work. <laughs> I was very. <laughs> I was very confused by those flags. Yeah, I didn't know if you know the gas company was coming in and it was going to lay, lay in a new gas line, or if it was marking evidence. Yeah, they called Julie, and so that, exactly yes, they wanted to make sure they weren't going to hit any underground pipes 
uh, with with Pyro's remains. Yeah, the fact that he just shows up, is, you know, again, not why is he there? How does he know about it? Maybe he just heard it over the radio, you know, the the, the, the police band, or maybe he's responsible for it. Like it does, it, it's, a lot of the stuff does make more sense when you, you know, in the version of this movie where he's actually the bad guy. Yeah, and pulling right. the strings. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he just shows up, uh, whatever. I don't know if we necessarily need to know why. No, and the other thing I I did I I didn't like in this is what I want to know is how does this detective from Atlanta and I know they're allegedly in a, an elite tactical unit from Atlanta, but how does how does he know who Breacher is? He says, "Oh, that guy's a legend." I I, I find that hard to believe that he would know who this DEA agent is. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. <laughs> it's not, I didn't question it, but yeah. It, if, it, if you figure he's met all these presidents, you know, maybe he... Maybe. I, it just, again, it, it se- it's kind of like, why does he know? But there, there are other scenes where he seems to have a lot of knowledge. Maybe about- he, maybe he become, became some kind of, like, celebrity. Like a, maybe he hosted, like, an America's Most Wanted kind of a show for a while. <laughs> I'm John Breacher, whatever his name is. That, what's, his, what's his actual name? John something. It's Breacher. No, it's John Breacher something. No. Breacher's just a nickname. Wharton, I think. I I never even looked it up, so you, you, you busted me on that. <laughs> well, one. I figured you would you would uh, notice because of you, you, you're, he's again very non-ethnic. Sort he, of yes, name. he has extremely English names th- in many of these. Yeah, I should have looked it up. I think his character's name is John Wharton, and he's that, just called Breacher because okay. he's you know, that's what a, he does. Yeah, the tactical guy. He breaches yes. doors. But yeah, I, I I I'm going to again. We're filling. Let's just let's just you know. Every time there's a flaw in this movie, let's just fill in the gap ourselves. So All right, well, we're just we're just going to writing our own script. Yeah, we're deciding right now. I'm deciding right now that Breacher had America's an America's Most Wanted type of a show. Let's say three years, and then it went off the air, got canceled. Where he's just you know I'm Breacher be- Warden. And yes, was- he became one of the most famous lawmen. Elliot Ta- Ness, right? Tales from South of the Border, kind of a show. Uh, yeah. So now this is Brent Wood is investigating this. Possible murder, possible accidental death. Yes. With this train, she comes by and she comes by Breacher's house, and they're all they're again having another party. Well, uh, they just they say they just got back from from Pyro's funeral. Yes, from the funeral, but it certainly seems like a party. Well, yeah, uh, they're the, ordering strippers, the strippers and there's uh, maybe the best part is Brentwood spraying beer beer all over Grinder is probably the best best part in the that entire scene. Yeah, I. I don't know uh, what's this actress's name. She's from the from Rushmore. That's what I know her. That's from. all I knew her from was Rushmore. She, I know she's done some other things, but that's Olivia, all. I, yeah, Olivia Williams. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I, I I think some scenes she's better than others. But I agree. This is one where, like, they're really they're really disrespecting her, and she's trying to stand I, her ground. Yeah, and, this one I think she holds her own. It's it's the ones with Harold Perrineau that I just I I don't I don't buy them as a combination. Yeah. Um, so here I think she holds her own. Um, a couple of things that I noticed is Arnold, when he comes to break it up, it's just, come on, guys, this is my effing house. I, I love that for yeah. some reason. Yeah. And then I, I don't know if you noticed it, but the pictures of Arnold that are in his house are just fantastic. They are. They're really good. They are. It was one of the highlights in the movie. My favorite one is it looks like from the 70s or so, and he's just he's holding some kind of gun, and he's just got gun belts just yes a million gun belts over his shoulders across his waist it's just he's just literally it's kind of, that, that's the one in particular i'm thinking of i mean that is almost the artwork that we should have for <laughs> for this podcast i mean it is awesome it is pretty good it, it, it was i mean i had it start as one of my favorite parts of the whole movie are the pictures in breacher's house maybe i'll find it and use it as the header because right now because 
our uh, album artwork. It, it should be said, actually, this is the first one we're recording after posting after the first couple of episodes have gone up. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll use that. I'll find that picture and use it as the header because right now the header on like our Twitter and on our SoundCloud was just the Terminator poster. Yeah, just a close up of his eyes. But yeah, maybe I'll use that one instead. Oh, that picture was fantastic. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's really good. I also like uh, 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 what's what's uh, Josh Holloway's character's name. Whatever, Josh Holloway. Where he says uh, he says clap for Uncle Daddy. Oh yeah, I forgot. That is a good line. What a weird line. Clap for Uncle Daddy. He, d- he doesn't get many opportunities for many more, which actually is one of the disappointments. I would have liked of the actors to get more time out of in this movie. Maybe it's just because I liked him in Lost and he hasn't had the opportunity to do much stuff. Yeah. I would have liked more of Josh Holloway. We're not going to get much more of him past past this scene. I think this is his last scene. And probably, well, yeah, other than his mangled body. <laughs> uh, so you cut to the police station, and this is the beginning of the trying to, it, me, the forcing the buddy cop dynamic between Brentwood. Oh, with Breacher sexting her or whatever? Or she's yes. Like- I just, all of it. Just did not work for me at all. Yeah, it's it's borderline for me. It didn't it didn't bother me as much, but I know where you're coming from. It it kind of feels a little bit like maybe they haven't been again. This this podcast this episode is just gonna be full of me speculating about. Well, we're, we're filling in the yeah, but, we're filling in with the studio cut, but uh, you know it it feels kind of like they haven't been partners for that long, and they're kind of forcing this very like. You know, uh, genial or not genial? I don't know what the word is, but this kind of banter, this kind of relationship, it's like, well, we're partners, so we have to joke around with each other. Like it almost kind of feels like they're, they're the, the characters are forcing it a little bit. It could be, I. But also, yes, maybe the movie is forcing it a little bit. That, and I, I wonder if it's maybe casting that it just it wasn't right. Um, but either way, There's, you're, you're certainly right that these two, uh, Harold Perrineau and and uh, Olivia Williams, don't have. Any chemistry. There. So from uh, from there, they they move forward, and he Breacher is arranged for Josh Holloway neck. Well, before before we move on from from that scene, the PD scene, because she jokes around saying, "Oh, Breacher's text uh, sexting me. Do you want to see? Do you think he actually <laughs> sexted her, or she's just joking? No, she's joking. Okay, I no. wouldn't put it. I wouldn't be that surprised. Like I don't know. No, not at least not at this at this point in the movie. I know I know we're filling things in. But nothing has given that in indication. Yeah, I, I, up to this point, you're right. I just I'm again, just, I think it's just trying to be, you know, two two buddies, you know, joking yeah, around. And she's I, trying to be funny. So for whatever reason, you know, she, the way he uh, Breacher had gotten Brentwood to to leave the house was, I'll, you know, he he'd work out for there to be a, a, a line of questioning with Nick because she she needs to do so. So yeah. he arranges it. He texts her. I don't think sex her. Right. It's completely unclear to me why it has to be in the pitch black dark of night that they're going to to do this in, in questioning, not interrogation. He's a very busy man, you know. Josh Holloway, he's got things to do. Apparently so. Come by at midnight. So they they go by at midnight. What there's a few things I do like in this. I like that um, none of the lights work, but preacher, he's just he's got a flashlight on him. I like that he he comes prepared with a flashlight for yeah. anything. But I love the neck. It's me. I I just love that the fact that he called neck. I don't know why. I don't know why he's called neck. These are other things that I don't want to fill in. I'm not sure. Moat grinder right. neck pyro. I might have an idea. It's very. I, well, I they, feel American gladiators with some of these. Well, pyro for sure. Pyro for sure. Well, uh, they explain pyro. 
explain Pyro in the strip club scene where they explain how he got his name, where he threw a flashbang into a meth lab. Oh, yeah. Oh, and oh. it exploded. And yes. So that one they actually But Neck is the one that I really want to know. I just, Neck, it's me. There was something funny to me about that, about like knocking on the door and you're just going to see when you're about his Neck, it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those words that uh, it's funny hearing coming out of Arnold's Arnold. Arnold, yes. For sure. Uh, so yeah, Neck is... Pinned to the ceiling. He's his neck the... and other parts of his body are now on the ceiling. Yes, pinned to the ceiling. I don't... It, it's, again, extremely graphic. But here's just before that. The other, the other question I have is, they're going in. It's really, really, you know, late at night. Couldn't he just not have been home? I mean, I know maybe his car's in the driveway, but maybe he was out with somebody. I just found it really interesting that they're, they're looking around, they're a flashlight, they're assuming something is wrong. Yeah. When, couldn't he have just not been home? Yeah, I mean... I mean, you assume that Breacher said he said they set up this meeting. They I guess, told him, "Hey, make sure you're home so. at a certain time." But again, they don't seem that to be that reliable of human <laughs> right. beings. Yeah, you're but right. Nonetheless, I, I noticed that. But yeah, you're right that they they seem concerned way too quickly. Yes. Well, I mean, the lights are not working. That's strange. Like that's that's probably the thing where something's not right. It's it's the same thing happens when they go visit Tripod, right? Where they just walk, they just take ten steps, and he's just like. Something's wrong. Yes. Well, and, well, when we get to that one, I actually, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I actually thought that there were some interesting things about the tripod. Wow, really? Because that was my least favorite scene. All right, well, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so we're not agreeing on a lot of stuff on this one, which is yeah. fine. So again, he's nailed to the ceiling. Body count it, 10. Body count 10, extremely graphic in yeah, terms well, of yeah. the blood. and just, it, it, was, it was very graphic. It's not even so much him on the ceiling that was that bad because... It's dark and you can't really see. You just kind of get like hints of it. It's her slipping and falling on the blood, and just, that was gross. Like that's really like, that's, and it was. And it was a lot. It was a lot of blood. They, yeah, I, I'm not squeamish. We're we're. I'm sure we're going to be watching plenty of movies with body parts being blown apart. Yes, but like that was really upsetting. It was. <laughs> I was just imagining and, that. And and, and to uh, Olivia Williams' credit, I think that was you know one of her you know her better scenes. She. Legitimately, I she was I guess the surrogate for the audience because I was pretty disturbed, and she certainly was, and and pulled that off very very well. Yeah, I agree. And and yet Breacher very cavalier about it. Yes, again would make more sense if he was actually to blame. But uh, he's like, I'm leaving, (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here. Like he's just like he's I want to go home. I'm tired. Uh, Yes, and we get the autopsy about the they find the hairs that are yes. There's a Close-up of the hair. I, I find it very interesting that they had to go in with saws and dis- destroy the uh, the ceiling and probably the second floor of, of that house to, to get them down. I understand it must be to preserve whatever of the crime scene, but I guess I never thought that there were anything like that would, would be done. So wait, what do they do? They, they, they cut the sole ceiling out. I mean, I guess, yeah, if you want to preserve... Yeah, I... I I didn't know why you can't do it with photographs that you have to actually cut the ceiling out. Well, you can't put flags in a ceiling because they'll fall out. So oh, you got to cut the ceiling. Touche, out. That's right. And also, <laughs> Nikor, there's not going to be any you know concerns about hitting hitting underground pipes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe there might be water pipes, but not underground gas pipes. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I don't know. I can't even imagine if that was a real crime scene how you would investigate it, whether that's accurate or not. But I don't know either. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, they're back at the the DA the cruise hideout where they're. The cruise hideout, which has one of my highlights in terms of a clip at uh, what I've got at 43.15. Is that here? Uh, yes, which I'm not sure if this was in the script. What I think is I think that this is just a you tape with Monster. Oop. 
So uh, say, that, say that again. Uh, so it's particularly focusing on monster. It's Sam Worthington's delivery. It just to me is it's one of those things oh. that he's just extremely frustrated, and it's like a bad take, and that's what they actually went with—that he forgot his lines, but they leave it in the movie. Now, I, it, I, now I know what, this, what line is because you you told me to cue it up here, and I was like, I don't know what's the, what line. Yeah, so about. It, it particularly it's the monster portion of this scene is the only thing that that I really want to uh, to focus on, and they're trying to determine you know who what's happening and who's doing it, who you know who's doing this. Is it a member of the team? And his delivery, it's almost one of those that this was a take that he didn't get right, and that's what they decided to go with. Yeah, that was I think a, it's full, hilarious. That was a really funny take. Let's just, let's just, we'll find it and play it. Okay, here we go. They're dead and we're not. What are we doing? We D up and present a hot target. Like taking showers with full body armor. Well, we need fucking intel. Who'd they send up? Well, who do you think, sweetheart? Check the board! Could be Soto. Could be fucking Romero. They could be fucking. They could be. They, maybe they cry fucking. Any of this is a cry for you. <laughs> no, that's really good. I, I, I honestly, I really think there was something there that he was supposed to say. It was a take that didn't work. And they just decide, no, we're just going to go with this one. No, you know what? I'm going to give Sam Worthington the benefit of the doubt. Because I actually think, in general, he's pretty good in this movie. I'm not a Sam Worthington fan in the slightest. But you know what? I, this is the most I've ever liked him in a movie. I, he's, he, uh, yeah, I would not say I, I've loved him in anything, but he's not what's wrong with this movie. He's, he's fine. Yeah, so maybe, maybe that was just a flubbed take. Maybe that was intentional, but either way, it's, it is pretty funny. It is one of my favorites. So I wanted to make sure that we, we highlight and get those clips. We may have to uh, bleep out the, the uh, cursing, but oh, yeah, I wanted definitely. to get it in there. But, uh, I mean, it makes sense that this is the moment where they're, they realize they're being hunted. Yes. And they think it's the, the, the cartel coming after them. Which it kind of was, and but not anymore. That's the thing of this movie that drives me crazy. That you know, it's why I, I say like I think there's a good movie in here, even though what was released is not a good movie. If if this had just been the cartel coming after them and taking them out one by one, and them having to like band together and you know while also mistrusting each other because they don't know who stole the money. Yep, that's a premise that would that there's there's a lot of potential there in that premise. And the fact that they tried to make him do a whodunit of just like, no, actually, it's one of these guys who's the killer. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, that probably would have been more interesting, or it even could have been that I don't know how you'd make the leap of how the cartel hunting them would have known about the money. But the cartel could have stolen the money to try and get them to turn against one another. And I think even that would have been the cartels hunting some of them, but maybe then some of the other ones take care of each other yeah. for the cartel. I think there is potential there that's just... Not realized. And I think that's why I enjoyed this movie through a lot of it is because on your first viewing, you're kind of assuming that. You're kind of, that's, that's what you think is happening is the cartel's hunting them down because they stole this money and they're just trying to figure out what's going on. It's only once you learn that that's not the case is really when the whole, I mean, this whole, the whole third act of this movie falls apart. Falls and I think apart. it's a lot... A lot of it is because of that. It's just like just just say that the cartels killing them. Like, why right. is that? That's that's all, you know. It's it, what's funny is it feels like they've done so many that I've noted cliches, and it's almost as if they said it's too easy if it's just the cartel hunting them to steal the money. So we want to do something different. Where in so many other instances, I would have rather them done something different and not necessarily there because I think it probably would have been a better story and a better movie. Yeah, I mean, just what they went with was not. The right move, for sure. No, so after this uh, you know, scene where they're in the hideout, we cut to uh, 
Ozzy and Harriet in the uh, in the suburbs, which yeah. I, I kind of liked it for the juxtaposition. What uh, another movie within the movie? I'd like to see more of Breacher entering spreadsheets, as we said. I'd like to see more of them in that suburban community. I'd like to see like them at a block party. I think <laughs> right. I'd really, really like to see. Yeah, interacting with the neighbors. Interacting with the neighbors, I think, would be very interesting. <laughs> that didn't jump out at me, strangely, now that you say it. Yeah, it's crazy. They live in the suburbs. But... Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know why it did, but it just jumped out. I, I, to me, I saw some unintentional comedic opportunity there of them get learning a little bit more of them and living in that neighborhood. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, I don't know if I necessarily buy that relationship. We don't really, I mean, whatever. It's just it's not really explored. I, I yeah. don't know if I'd buy it either. Right. So, yeah, Brentwood shows up and investigates him some more, and he, he shows her pictures of what the cartel does and all that. And that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, that's setting up an interesting conflict between this crew and the cartel that turns out to be a complete red herring. So that's kind of what's disappointing. Uh, yeah, and this is where they, the Atlanta PD, they talk to the DEA to try to get some help. Yeah, the feds are never... The, 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 this one lives up to just about everyone. The feds are never a help for the local PD. <laughs> I, I did like that. I think it's a, an associate district attorney. I like the bow tie. Oh, I didn't notice the bow tie. Yeah, I there's guess. a bow tie. I, I could not not notice the bow tie. Uh, yeah, so the DA just basically stolen walls them and gives them just like... Gives them nothing. Yeah. Uh, and this is where urinal guy gives them the... the, the Whatever it is, the, the flash drive. The flash drive. And the flash drive, as it turns out, has... This is the clip I want to play. Because the flash drive has all those interviews we saw earlier. And this is a clip we didn't see earlier that I just... I, I laughed so much at this. And it's it's a little clip of Breacher being interviewed. And this I think this was also an ad lib. That's not mine. It's not mine. There we go. You're out here saving these adrenaline junkies that mean absolutely nothing to this department. I would take a bullet for this, guys. Hmm, you take a bullet? Would you take 10 million bucks? Would you take 10 million? Where's the money? Don't f***ing scream at me. Where's you the money? You f*** you. Look at you. With your f***ing 48% body fat and you scrounged little bastard. F*** you guys. Yes, that is okay. You, you highlighted the other one. The 48% body fat... It is the one to take away from this movie, without a doubt. It just, yeah, but that feels like such an Arnold ad lib. It's just like, what would Arnold Schwarzenegger think is the way you would insult this guy? Mr. 48% body fat. Well, also my favorite part is while he's leaving and the guy just goes, go to the gym, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, that made me laugh so before much. Before we started recording, we both had indica- I had indicated that I had a scene that I wanted to make sure, a clip that I made sure to, I wanted to get in, and you were asking if, it was the same one in terms of time, and I said no. But when you said you know fifty, and I looked at my timeline, I figured that it was the forty eight percent body fat, and I'm glad that you highlighted it because I would have wanted to anyway. It, it's the it's the best line in the movie. It's it's the rare moment of Arnold like letting loose because that the character he's playing is very kind of contained and is not he's not giving the big bombastic Arnold no, Schwarzenegger yeah, performance I, we're used to. And but that's where you really that get. line is straight out of the early nineties. That other you know other than he's cursing. It, yeah. it, that entire scene, that's you know vintage Arnold. It's the and, most Arnold line yes. he has for sure. Uh, yeah, so this is Brentwood is upset because Breacher wasn't honest with her. Which why would she expect him to be upfront about anything? Right, like you didn't tell me that you were under, under investigation. It's like why why would he tell her? Why would she expect him to tell her? Yeah, I, that I mean that's not something you're putting on your resume. So why would you go around? Particularly, you've got a homicide detective. Sniffing around, you know, 
murder potential murders of well one for certain yeah and by this time two for certain murders of your team why would she assume that yeah i i, I might have a motive here so i'm gonna be upfront and let you know about that <laughs> right exactly he's just he's just incriminating himself right uh yeah so she she sees that he's like packed up and is going somewhere and he's like oh i'm going to talk find my guy tripod he's off the grid and again, I'm going to speculate, but I actually wonder if maybe he wasn't actually, that's not where he was going. Maybe he was heading off to Mexico right there, but she derailed him a little bit. That's interesting. I like that filling. So yeah, so this is where we find Tripod. and yeah, so you, this, you, were, you were saying you liked this scene. Yeah, the, I guess the reason I liked it, I liked the, the setup and kind of the split timeline. I just thought that in terms of, I guess from a, a film technicals perspective, I liked that the very first, few i guess it's probably seconds it's not minutes but the first 30 seconds you don't know that tripod's already dead and you think that breacher and um brentwood are walking up on him that i guess that's what i liked about it see i just thought that was really confusing i just thought it was like on i i it seemed almost like a mistake to me because there's the shots of them walking up and they cut back to tripod and it's all shot at like the same time of day. Like right. you think of one would be shot at like dusk and one shot in the middle of the day, so you'd be clear to see I, I for me when I was watching it, I felt like they wanted to make you think that it was the the same time, same timeline that he's walking up and tripod is is the bad guy. I to me, I felt like that this was it was a you know, it would be a head fake and it wouldn't be true that he actually was because very shortly thereafter you find out no, it's a different timeline, he's actually dead. Right. I, I just think in terms of the who done it, I like I like this and I thought it worked really really well. I didn't like a lot about this movie. I did like that. Yeah, but as a as a head fake, it's completely phony and like manufactured because at no point was Tripod you're saying that the the movie is trying to lead you to believe that Tripod's going to like attack or something or Right. Like, yes. Because he oh, does have all the booby traps and stuff and yes. we're sort of establishing like oh this guy's a kind of a messed up guy or at least he's a very he's a paranoid guy at yes. the very least. Uh justifiable. He's a survivor. So. Right. Or uh, he thinks he is. You're probably right that it was intentional, but it didn't feel intentional to me. Okay. It felt like a mistake. It felt like, you know, there's these flashbacks happening, but the movie isn't making it clear that it's a flashback. Because there's the part where Breacher goes like, tripod? And then they cut back to tripod and he like looks up. Right. And that's like, the reason he hears why, something. Yes. That's why I think that, to me, that's why it was, I thought it was intentional that they were trying to make, lead you to believe that this was the, on a, the same timeline and that Arnold, uh, the Breacher and Brentwood had just pulled up. And, hey, you didn't like it, that's it, fine, because I, mean, I think was, you like this movie overall better than I do, so it's good. We Even on the small things, we're not agreeing. I mean, whether or not it's intentional, I mean, it, it just didn't work for me. It, just, like, it didn't really... The, the other thing that you got in, in this sequence, you got the, uh, the point of view from a firearm, which to me felt very uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. You get it in another spot too, I think, but um, I, I kind of like that, and it, and it did remind me of source material that I, I truly do enjoy in, in Breaking Bad. <laughs> the other thing that bothered me about this scene is his, name is his nickname is Tripod, so presumably that means he's a sharpshooter. He doesn't hit a single. He can't hit anything in this. He just shoot. He has. A, he unloads a whole clip from his assault rifle. Doesn't hit anybody. Yeah. Unloads a whole clip from his pistol. Doesn't hit anybody. The only guy who dies is trips over the tripwire. Yes. So some so, tripod he is. I was gonna say he shouldn't have been tripod. He should have been tripwire. Apparently, <laughs> that, that's a pretty good name. It should have been tripwire. Yes. That sounds like a GI Joe guy. Uh, that's actually what I. That's what I thought. Was it actually a GI? I don't know if it was. If it wasn't, it, 
That's the first thing. Now you know and known as half the battle is the first thing that came to my <laughs> mind with uh, Tripwire as Tri- a name. Tripod does not sound like a G.I. Joe character, but Tripwire no. does. Tripwire I'm does. not sure why <laughs> Why one is G.I. Joe. It's, uh, Tripwire sounds so G.I. Joe. So the, the, one, the other thing I noticed once they discover that you know, he's dead and it's, it's been that way for a while, yeah. she, she, Brentwood calls in for a team. I'm led to believe they left really late at night and they pull up and it's, it doesn't look like it's just daybreak. It looks like it's late. They've been on the road for a long time. How does she still have jurisdiction? She's an Atlanta homicide detective. <laughs> Made absolutely no sense. Well, she's still got to call it in. Call, call in the local cops. I, she's got a duty to. You know, she she has a duty, but it, it's let. It makes. I'm led to believe that they're not that far from Atlanta, which the timeline then makes no sense. If if it literally you're within the Atlanta metro somewhere, um, although with that rural setting, I'm not sure you are. The the calling in a team doesn't didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're right. She's outside of her jurisdiction, but you know, whatever county that is, they probably have their own team to call in. Uh, I didn't understand though, like the the, do- the dollar bills on his body. I assume that's just some kind of a message or whatever. But where did they get? Uh, are those the Kybelas? Is that their money? So we got to bring some money along to put dollar bills on their bodies to send I- a message. Or did maybe they found money because in his house or whatever. But I mean, he doesn't have the millions of dollars. So. No, he he's not the one who took it, and he's you know living not off the land, but it, he's not <laughs> living high, right? So he yeah. doesn't have the money. So to me, this was another confusing thing. It was like it was to send a message that we know that you stole the money. Right. I mean, I assume that's what it is, but I just wonder whose money that was. I, I, I wonder was, if I wonder if like, well, we got to send a message. Damn, we didn't find the money. We got to send this message anyway. It'll just hey, you know, the KBOs are going to each other. Like, hey, open your wallet. I yeah, what, what do you got on you? And make sure it's American. It's got to be U.S. dollars. Yeah. Oh, I only got seven bucks. Damn it, we should have brought more money to sprinkle on his body. This is Yeah, it's not going to have the same effect if we've just got a few dollar bills and a five spread around. <laughs> There's this change sprinkled <laughs> on them. To, all they have, yeah. they, 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 they don't even have dollar bills. They only have dollar coins. And they're like, people don't even know. Are these, <laughs> yeah, why, why did I get these? Why did we bring all these Sacagaweas? Yes, why did we? <laughs> these seem like collectibles, but they, nobody really wants to take them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Kybelos, oh, this is body body counts at twelve now. One guy with a tripwire and then yep. a tripod. So yeah, this is where Brentwood wants to know more about Breacher and Monster. Give tells the story, all the flashback about his wife and stuff. This is where the the really brutal you get the full full video, and it it is it's pretty graphic. Yeah, so uh, fifth, uh, so flashback. Edgar Rios is this cartel guy that they arrest. And some uh, Mexican federale just shoots him in the head. Yes. So, so they were handing him over to the Mexican authorities, but they shot him because they didn't want the, so, so, something about the narration didn't line up to me. Because I think I think they said like they didn't want the Americans interrogating to debrief him, right? Yeah. But they're handing him over the opposite way, right? Right. And they already had him. They, right. I mean, they captured him. <laughs> that didn't make sense. But even to go back, here's the only thing that I'll note. From when you get Monster telling the story and then you get the full graphic video. I just, and this goes to the ending of the movie as well. It's just implausible to me to have Arnold Schwarzenegger hunting members of a Juarez Mexican drug cartel. That it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He can't be incognito down in Juarez. He he just, he can't be incognito. It's impossible. I mean, he's certainly going to stand out, but you know, there are... 
foreigners in Juarez or non-Mexican. <laughs> there are, but if if you've got an Atlanta homicide detective who knows who he is, how is he going to be? It's right. He's not a guy that's just going to blend in no. in Juarez. It goes back to the diversity thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's very. He's this hulking guy. He's this hulking old guy yeah. <laughs> that's shaking the hands of Bill Clinton and George. You know George Bush. Well, we see we see later at the end of the movie, he just buys a big ten gallon hat. That's what I'm, that, to hides me, his face. Right. I just found it funny that, that that's that's the disguise how he blends in. He just buys a hat and pulls it down a little bit. We'll get there. But that's that's the thing that made me kind of kind of redeems this movie is him in Mexico. God, the whole movie should have been that, but whatever. We'll get there. there, there there's a, we've had a bunch of ideas of how, what this movie could have been. There's yeah, it's maybe I'm just projecting too much in this movie because. There's no question. Like it, it's it's in, it's irrefutable. This is a bad movie. I don't really know why I'm defending it because it's a bad movie. <laughs> well, I, just the only so the only other thing I get to uh, as we're moving through here is the other issue that I had is that how would this gruesome graphic murder of a very famous DEA agent's family be right. a secret? I mean, it, it you're led to believe and, and said that this nobody knows about this. That's not. Pl- I mean, that is not plausible. That would be all over the, the media. I mean, yeah. that, that would be a, a lead story. I mean, that would be huge news. So that that was even more so. You're right. Maybe he he puts on the hat and he can kind of blend in to buy that somehow that this was a secret. There's just no way. Oh, I agree. It, it would be public record. Like as soon as uh, Brentwood is, starts investigating. She would be doing her research, and she would see this. Like, right? It, w- this it would have been not be a surprise. It would have been a national news story, right? But um, even if it's not, there would be public record. I mean, you know, when people die, there's a public record of it. You have, like, right? There's, there's, there are records of those things. So, yeah, I, that that part is very implausible. The fact that she's like, "Tell me something I don't know about about Breacher," and then she's like, "Here's this thing that you could very easily find out yourself." Yes. So, so then uh, Breacher walks in and. Uh, Sees, you know, well, I, Monster seems sort of like, I don't know, a surrogate son in some ways. So he kind of yeah. is a little taken aback and then, you know, brushes him off to get him out of there. And I think Monster feels a little guilty. Yeah, I like that relationship between the two of them. Yep. I think the Monster and Breacher, it, that's probably the most fleshed out relationship in this whole movie. Yeah, yeah and it's probably, if you were going to have a, a, a tandem of, you know, buddy cops, they're, they're probably the one that would have worked the best in this movie. Yeah, I agree. It's a, I mean, it's, it's not what this... That it is, but they probably would have been the best combo. <laughs> the two Terminators. Yes, the two the two Terminators. That's a, maybe get Robert Patrick in there somehow. And right, it's, it's, yeah, for sure. Uh, spoiler alert to Terminator Salvation, but uh, who cares? Yes. Spoiler gonna... alert: He's a Terminator. Yes. Don't watch that movie; it's terrible. And we're, we're, we won't be doing that one because it's not an Arnold. No, Terminator. Arnold's only CGI. Arnold appears. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and so this is when I was first watching this. The transition from that scene where... Oh, it's the worst transition ever. She, she learns about this thing at, at the, the PD, and then suddenly she's swimming, and he shows up at her house. And it, it seemed... It's very awkward. It, I, watching it the first time, I kind of went like, well, there's obviously scenes missing. Because he's really upset with her. I'm just like, you know, he's... he's you know, obviously, it's an upsetting thing to discuss, his, his right. wife and child being killed, and he doesn't want to talk about it. And then, seemingly, like that night, or shortly thereafter... 
He shows up at her house going like, and she's swimming naked and he just shows up. It's super creepy. <laughs> she's drinking, swimming naked, which again, uh, drinking and gun, beer and guns probably aren't a good combination. I'm guessing drinking and swimming is probably not a good combination either. I would agree with that. It's and not- swimming naked is probably not a good idea either. <laughs> but, but the fact that suddenly he just shows up in the next scene saying, I'm going to cooperate. I'm going to give you these yeah, files. No, the, the transition, I, it makes no sense. Well, it, it bothered me the first time, but the second time watching it, you, I realize, and it, this becomes clear later, that he's manipulating her because he needs her to do handle this part of the investigation where she's the one... He gives her some evidence from DEA files or something. He gives her something. I forget what. And then she uses that to, to trace a cell phone back to that apartment building. Yep. And then they his team just gets there first. And so basically, like, she completely uses him and like, or uses her and like seduces her basically in order to get what he wants. And that's, you know, it makes sense when you realize that I'm just like, why, why is this change of heart? Suddenly he's angry at her and doesn't want to talk to her. Suddenly he's there sharing information and sleeping with her. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's what's happening. I, I agree with you. And I I see that it, it just, it still feels like something's missing because it's a real fast acceleration. And again, to cut from inside an office to, no explanation why she's now in her pool at home swimming naked and how he's just walking up. Kind of creepy, right? Yeah, it's, it's a in a lot of ways. Move. It just it, Your explanation, I think, makes sense, but I still think there's some at least a scene, if not two, missing in between. Yeah, and I think the movie could have done a better job selling Arnold's manipulation and kind of... Because it's a real, you know... It's... Uh, Arnold really taking advantage of her when it comes down to it. And right. Like, it's... It's one of those things where this this character is very is very much an antihero, and this is a the moment where I think he could have played he probably could have played a little differently to sell like, to really drive home that like he's being a real jerk <laughs> you yep. know like he's not you know the, the, what he's doing to her is is pretty uh, it's pretty crazy the way he just manipulates her I, mean, I the part the part of it that is hard to uh, buy is. Her just sleeping with him. I mean, I don't know what, where that's coming from. No, it, it, at no point in any of this did there seem to be any interest. It's just out of nowhere. But I guess it was. It's either stuff that's cut out of the movie, or it wound up being we need we need a plot device to have him manipulate her. So it has to be seduction. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange. So the next morning he's driving away. Harold Perno sees him. He gives her a hard time about it. Yeah, more of this banter. More of the banter that I am not a fan of. But okay. Well, well but did you, at the very least, did you enjoy the line because she gives him the files, and he's going through the files, and he goes, "This dude looks like Mario from Donkey Kong." Uh, yeah, I forgot about that one. That that is pretty good. He's uh, he's dropping a lot of weird references, which again makes me think maybe a lot of the dialogue was improvised. Because then the next scene is where they, she's going like, "We need to get this warrant." This arrest warrant for these uh, the the cartel guys, and he says something like, "How are you going to justify the judge where you got this this uh, file?" And he says, uh, "You know, he's, he makes some reference to like a secret squirrel. It's like the secret squirrel file you got. It's like what a weird reference. It's like this secret squirrel of all the things. I one. almost lost on me. I actually didn't even I didn't get it. Oh, you don't remember secret squirrel? No. I mean, it's it's before our time, but it was one of those things. It was an old Hanna Barbera cartoon. Oh, they used no. to play it on like in the USA and like the. I like to lady. think I, I get most references. That one, I'll admit, was over my head. Uh, yes, I think that's Harold Perrineau dropping that in himself. 
Uh, yes, yeah, so they track down the cell phone to the apartment building, and that's she tips off Breacher, which I, I I guess he just assumed that she would tell him when they find. Yeah, I'm I'm not. I had to assume that that the text he gets when they're sitting around waiting, and then they get it had to come from her. I didn't know one wire motivation to do it was, but then even was hit. It was a big leap on Breacher's part to think that she would share that before the fact. Yeah, and, and the fact that they'd get there before the SWAT team does. Right. Which they do. They, they get there well ahead of the SWAT team. Yes. Uh, you know, maybe they're just... They, know they may be more there. cavalier where the SWAT team is really planning things out because they, I guess, have less reckless abandon with yeah, their lives. Probably. They had to have a meeting first of just like, here, doing a chalkboard, here's what we're going to do, etc. While they're doing that... You know, Breacher and his crew are... They're, they're already driving. They don't care. They've, they've got one person who's delirious and completely strung out on all kinds of drugs, and the rest of them are just along for the ride. Yeah. So, there's... so the one thing on the ride over I do want to highlight, at uh, 109.27, there's another toilet, and this one is filled with yard waste. So for those that if you're going through, it's briefly on there. I happen to notice it just because the disgusting toilet from before and my second <laughs> time through... I'm like, oh, there's another toilet, and I'd pause and looked at it. It's just, you know, it's in a yard as they're driving through. <laughs> I and I don't that. know if it was intentional, like the movie put it there, or they just happened to have that in the scene, but it's just filled with weeds and yard waste. <laughs> I missed that. You're, it's, it's, while I'm doing my body count, you're doing your toilet count. Yes, right? the toilet, toilet count, count of two, <laughs> and they're both disgusting with different types of waste. I missed that toilet for sure. Uh, yeah, they clear this apartment. I, I did like the detail of... We don't know which unit in this apartment complex it is, so we got to clear the whole thing, and they go yeah. through one by one. Yeah, I thought this was a good action sequence overall. Um, you know, again, pretty graphic. The only thing that I had an issue with is when they get down to the last guy, all the way up through um, the last guy, he's taken a hostage. They've been through this whole building. Why didn't he just run? I mean, he could have been gone. I, I, right. That I didn't understand, other than, I guess, to show how, you know, how good Monster really was. Uh, not good in terms of a person, but just effective, maybe rather than good. Right. That was my uh, my only problem. But other, overall, I thought it was was pretty good, and and it also showed, I guess, the uh, militarization of uh, police in the United States in some ways. That you know the what it's doing to the rest of the people in that building. It's it's terrible and yeah. you know, terrifying. Yeah, it is. And nobody there seems to you know it. It doesn't seem to be a surprise to them. Like it probably happens too often where there's nobody there with any probable cause for being there and effectively really terrorizing them. And so I don't know if that was inten- you know, intentional and a message they were trying to get across, but it's certainly something I took from the movie. No, I agree. It feels like these people, they've been through this drill before. Right. Multiple times. Just, you know, probably not the DEA, but... Uh, some other law enforcement. Some cops been right. through there. You know, who knows? Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's also scary. Like, they, they're clearing this building. They're in someone else's apartment. Right when the when the guys like open fire, it's just like I, the, the the movie or does it doesn't show any civilians getting hit, but it's just like the whole time this movie is so like realistic. That I would, and I mean later the the chase at the end of the movie, there are some civilians. Yes, uh, so so it's like I was just waiting for that shot. I'm kind of surprised at the restraint. This is to be honest, it's just like I was just. I, I, I'm just any, any moment now there's going to be a shot of some civilian taking a bolt to the head. See, and I thought the reason why they had the restraint in this scene is because when you get to the end of it, Breacher just says, this is your, effectively your mess to clean up, which I don't think that's how it would work. But it particularly could not work if there were civilian uh, injuries or certainly casualties. Yeah. There's no way they could just walk off the scene. Oh, for sure. 
they're not there in any official capacity at all. No. They're basically just vigilantes doing their own thing. Yeah, they would be arrested for sure. But uh, yeah, and so what the the other the only so the only other beef again, I thought it was a pretty good action sequence. I think actually maybe the best in the movie was that then when the the slow SWAT team finally shows up, how would they not know? Uh, they were like preparing as if they were going in, and nothing had happened. There was all kinds of automatic gunfire. You're telling me nobody called the police? Even not necessarily within that building, but in other buildings in the area? And said, this place sounds like a war zone right now. And somehow these the, 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 the Atlanta PD is showing up completely oblivious to what went on. Yeah, you're right. They, they should know. Like, as they're pulling up, they should be like, oh, there's already something's already happening. Something's already happened, and they, sh- they, sh- they huh. should be far more aggressive in terms of their approach to the building. Or maybe not aggressive, but they, they should... There should be an indication they know something's going on. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Uh, so anyway, so so they kill six uh, cartel guys in the scene. You got to count at six. So yeah, so so we're up to twenty. Well, we're up to twenty-two. So actually, uh, the movie made it easy for me because Sugar goes, "We killed six MFers, and it's not even oh, the Kaibilas." There you go. Thanks, Thanks sir. Sure. But uh, he was 100 percent right. He was it matched exactly. So I appreciate that that attention. Sugar's a good statistician. Yeah, absolutely. And then you cut to a random scene, and you're able to up your body count. Instantaneously, <laughs> right. they, they didn't. They, the Kaibilas weren't in that apartment no. complex, but they were at the bottom of a, of a lake. They were well, at the bottom of a lake and some chain link fence. Though the, before, at the end of the scene at the, the apartment complex, I, I, I thought it was kind of funny where uh, Sam Worthington is like, "It's not them. It's not the Kaibilas." <laughs> and Breacher's like, "Check again," and he just, he just, yeah. Then actually, nope, nope, still not them. <laughs> still not them. That's You're right. Actually, now that I think about it more. Sam Worthington, he. He's actually good in this movie. Yeah, I, I, I was actually really. He's impressed. one of the better parts of this movie. It, it and maybe it's the kind of thing because he's one of these actors where you can, sometimes someone will come along where you feel like Hollywood's just shoving them down your throat as a leading actor, yes, a, a star, and it's like this person didn't earn it. I feel like he's close to the point where he's earning it, and I, I actually kind of hope he has a little bit of a, resurgence, a resurrection I, or I, a resurgence. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was good. We'll see how he is in Avatar two. <laughs> Whether he maybe he won't even appear in the flesh, we'll see. Uh, yeah, so yeah, the, the Kabilos are at the bottom of the, of the lake. They've been dead longer than most of the murders have happened. They learn and all that. Yep, another another three on the body count. Uh, yeah, so you're right, twenty five. We're at, and then uh, so somehow that the word of that gets back to Breacher's team that oh the Kabilos are dead. It wasn't the cartel killing guy, uh, killing us, so it must have been one of us. Yes. And they all meet in the parking lot, and this is the, this is the scene. Like I was saying earlier, I feel like this is the scene where the movie goes off the rails. I mean, part of it is just because, as an audience, we're learning that it's not the cartel doing this, and I was just kind of going like, "Oh, that's less interesting." Right? That's a bad payoff. Yeah, and then just the whole thing of just Lizzie, just like, "Oh, I've been sleeping with sugar." Bye. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I had. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah, he yeah. even says, "Like, what are you doing?" Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Sugar doesn't actually. Sugar doesn't get a lot in this in terms of lines, but I don't know. He's he's one of the better parts. Terrence Howard is one of the better parts of this movie too. He's a good actor. He's not in it enough. It's weird that he ends up being one of the main villains because it's not. He doesn't have enough screen time. To no, really. it's out of nowhere. I, so many of these things, it, it does not feel like it was. If it was well planned, the plan that was planned was not executed, and I. I it does not seem to me like the original plan was. For Sugar to be one of the bad guys. Well, we're coming up on it where the, the way it's revealed that Lizzie is the killer is so offhanded. Because they, they meet in this parking lot, she goes off with Sugar, etc. And then Grinder decides he's going to 
turn state seven into whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and Breacher's basically like, well, I guess I will too. <laughs> I guess if you're, if you're going to do it, I may as well. Which he never, obviously, never had any intention to actually go through with it. Uh, yeah, and then they're meeting at a cafe, and Grinder gets sniped in the head, and they just cut to Lizzie, like, oh, Lizzie shot him. She's the killer. Like, there's no big reveal. It's there's just no like, big reveal. He and he admits to stealing, stealing the money at at that meeting, right? Which that that's a huge piece of information, and I know there isn't time to react to it, but I still don't. I don't think that Brentwood really reacts the way maybe that she should. I mean, but, I think she kind of suspected they stole this money. But or, but then you get this, you know, probably not an easy shot. At no point have we ever established, we established we think Tripod was the team sniper. How, how does Lizzie have this ability? That's that's not something that you just pick up and do. Yeah, and she, I mean, it's a perfect shot. Right. And from pretty far away. I don't, yes. I, I don't a, know what kind of gun that is, but uh, I, it, it's weird because... The movie kind of tries to play off her irrational behavior as because of her like addictions or whatever. But then, yeah, when it wants her to be the super soldier, it's like, no, she's got a perfectly clear head. She can snipe someone from 100 yards away. Yeah, I mean, I assume they all have all this training. They, they can all do use a sniper rifle. They can all, you know, breach a door. Like all, you know, the fact that she can do it isn't the issue for me. It's the fact that she's in any kind of like a mental state to... Yes, there, there's <laughs> many reasons shot. why, but it also just feels like they were getting to a predetermined time limit on the running time of the movie, and they need to start wrapping it up because the bodies really start to to drop pretty fast here now. Yeah, it really does feel like it. It's just like we got to, you know, we're, we're going too long. We got to just wrap wrap it up as quick as possible. Get it the wrap it up box from Chappelle's show. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, Grinders twenty six, and then we get the scene where she kills Monster, which. This is another one of the weird the time where they're kind of cutting back and forth. Yep. This one wasn't, isn't as confusing, but uh, yeah, she kills him. She, I mean, I, I guess we were seeing this just to show that she, she probably didn't have any intention of killing Monster, but then because she, he, well, he shreds her passport and now she can't flee the country, she stabs him just out of. It's true, but that's what I don't understand. So she allegedly, I guess, kills Grinder because she was killing the other ones. Because they stole the money, why not Monster? Why, why could he have not done it? I guess unless you're to fill in as we have, she never left his side to know that he couldn't have been the one to steal it. I just I don't understand why everybody else would have been on the list and he wouldn't have been as well. I mean, again, like you were saying before, we don't really get enough of a picture of their relationship, but you do get the sense that even though she's like whacked out of her mind for most of this movie, she does care for him on some level and doesn't want to kill him. Because she, when she stabs him or whatever, she does, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like she, I think she apologizes, right? She, yeah, she, she does. And it's a lot of a lot of blood that comes out of that refrigerator later when he's discovered. Yeah, that's just there for shock value. Like, the rest of the violence, you can claim, like, oh, they're just trying to show what realistic violence is like in all its brutality. But this is just like a... It's just like a... It's like a slasher movie. Yeah, it's like from a Friday the 13th movie. Right. Just, well, also, she stabs him. Kitchen covered in blood. Cleans up the whole kitchen. And then just stuffs him in the, in the fridge. Like, why even bother cleaning yeah, up just, the crime scene? You're just going to stuff him in the fridge? <laughs> I didn't think about that. Thank you. But then again, she's not... She, she's on a whole bunch of drugs. So it probably seemed like a good idea. And then she got right. distracted. So I'm just going to put him in the fridge. It's all that meth, like energy. She had to clean. I got to clean that kitchen. <laughs> Stick a toothbrush to it. So yeah, Monsters 27. Uh, so you then get... 
Sugar and Lizzie, to me, what they're playing Grand Theft Auto. That's actually what I thought when they took their hostage. <laughs> they right. just they they squeal, screech, get out, and take her out uh, at gunpoint. All I could think of was Grand Theft Auto. All it needed was like a star to pop up, like a flashing yes. star. You uh, got a one star rating. Yeah, one star rating. That that's immediately what came to my mind was Grand Theft Auto. And this hostage serves no purpose. Nope. Like they take this hostage, they meet him at the at the at the parking, parking garage. garage. I guess it's to lure Breacher to the car because he's going to see the hostage, but she shoots him in the in the in his backpack in the vest too. That's what doesn't make sense. She's just been established that she took this yeah. phenomenal shot on right. Grinder and right. then shoots him in the vest. Why, if she can hit Grinder in the head from I don't know how far? Yeah, he's got a bulletproof vest and he's got a backpack on. And she's right. right in the backpack. Uh, I mean, it's because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And yes, I, I mean, I understand why, but at the same time, it's you're giving me realistic violence in terms of the graphic nature. Yeah. Then she, they've lured him in because he's a threat, and she takes a terrible location of a shot. Yeah, and then we get this car chase. So this is yeah, this movie doesn't need a car chase. No, and it's in, not the kind of movie. It's, it should be more of a thriller. It should end in a thriller way, not like it, it, yes, it should be. A, you know, I, I, it should be dropping somebody off of a building or something like that. Sure, yeah, it's a lousy car chase. There's, I mean, it does. They're defying of gravity in terms of she's in the back and sugar. I don't. There, there's a his driving is erratic at best. He's taking huge turns with somebody sitting in the trunk. It seems like he's trying to shake her off. It seems yes. like he, he, he even says at one point, like, let me give him a 180 and just... Yeah, he's, like, he'll never are, see this coming. Are, but it's like, are you just trying to throw her out of the... There's, yeah, there's no way she stays in that trunk. No, and then there's another... I don't remember if it's the second turn, but there's one where literally she's the only one with a firearm. You've got Breacher, who's got the firearm, driving to... He's got a line of shot... He's had it, had it where she's facing backwards. She can't take any shots at him because of the trunk. It's like, what is Sugar doing? It makes no sense. Yeah. Well, so there's definitely moments where like the, the trunk lid is up. There's no way, and, and but somehow Breacher shoots out the back window, even though the trunk is in yes. between. Like none of it, none of it is. It's like the Corey. You can tell this thing was either a reshoot or just not. You know, maybe they didn't even really expect to use it because they shot a bunch of different endings and. I don't know if this was part of the original shoots that they went back and did reshoots, but it feels like a reshoot. Just like, quick, let's just get a, we got to shoot a car chase because that's what the studio wants. Yep. To- we need a car chase and we need to wrap this up. And it, it's, it's pretty bad. There is some civilian, civilian uh, casualties here. Yeah, those, those are the most brutal. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty rough. A woman, a woman gets shot in the head just in her car and then Sugar hits a bicyclist and both yes. of those are just, they're, they're rough. I don't know if it's just because they're innocent people or because they're just, the the blood splatter because it's like you know you look at like Pulp Fiction Marvin objectively if you just look at the gore that's way worse but in that movie it's funny whereas I was this say is the just, tone or what yeah with the delivery and tone are completely different oh it's 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 really rough and again I I don't think you're very squeamish I'm certainly not squeamish no. but, but it was pretty rough and then rough. Uh, sugar can't see and things don't things don't end well for sugar <laughs> yeah I wrote down in my notes bicyclist causes brakes to not work. Uh, <laughs> I, I I missed that one. Thank you. I mean, I, I guess he can't see where he's going. But if you can't see where you're going, hit the brakes. Right. Guess what? I don't care if you're in a car chase or not. But, yeah. It's, it's, so we're at the body count's at 31, if you count uh, Lizzie, because uh, two, two innocent people and then Sugar and then Arnold Lizzie, comes up. Lizzie, who yeah, just wraps it up and says she, – she wraps it up with a bow of why she did it because yeah. they took the money. Well, the way she delivers that line, he says, why, Lizzie? Why would you kill him? And he, she says, because they took the money. Huh? 
And the way she says, huh, it's kind of almost like she's saying, like, huh, you buying this, huh? Huh? <laughs> is this- I took the money. <laughs> yeah, so she, he shoots her. She's going to die anyway, right? It's like... I, yeah, it's, it's, it looks pretty bad. She's Brent, got at least a broken arm that's sticking out. It doesn't look good for her. Brentwood is so shocked. Like, what are you doing? She's reaching for her gun. She's already dying. She killed a bunch of his guys. Why is she so, she's so shocked? Like, how could you kill her? Of course he killed her. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's weird. This then, entire sequence with Brentwood is not very good, and I don't think works very well. Yeah, the, the whole third act, everything after that, that parking lot scene is... Doesn't work well. It's, it's a disaster. This whole end of, the whole end of this movie is a disaster. Until the moment where he pulls a Batman and disappears. So oh, he does. He pulls a Batman, disappears. They where all look around. Another whodunit. How, how, I, again, I don't know how he disappears. But, I don't think he's fleet of foot. But, man, I'll tell you, this Mexico scene at the end. I mean, there's two scenes where he gives. I loved him putting the money. Tell me where he is. Tell me. You know, I, I really enjoyed that. Just the, 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 the Mexican police guy is just eyes widening. It was at the same time. I just this came down to me for, for the plot. It's ten million dollars. I just I really believe that he could have bought that cop off to get the information for let's say a million dollars. A million dollars is a lot of money. Okay, a million dollars is a lot of money. And then I know then this whole movie, all of these shoes. If he didn't need ten million, he could have given a million each to all of his team members. Then you're going to come back to me and say, then you don't have a movie though. Is 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 the issue? I but. It seems like it wouldn't have been enough because he keeps having a stack. He puts all his money on that table, literally. Like he, he does put it all. I, I just I found that to be too. I, it's one of those things. Some of these movies, they I don't understand why they don't just adjust the dollar amounts in terms of the stakes. Because if you would have had them just steal less and then have him bribe this guy with that less amount, I would have believed it more than it took ten million dollars. I believe it takes ten million. I mean, if, consider that just crossing the the cartel has got to be. You're taking your life in your hands. Like I don't know if I would, if you were to, if you were to give me that option of just here, take a million dollars, but then for the rest of your life, a Mexican cartel will want you dead. I don't think I would take that. Maybe I think ten million is probably my price. Like that's around what where, where my cutoff would be myself. I guess what I say is whatever the price is, it does get him to finally the ending and the ending that they chose. Um, to me, it was interesting. It was it was kind of fun in some ways. It's but. a weird fit for the rest of this movie, which is so brutal and yes. uh, and, and, and tonally, it's it's a it's completely different tone. It feels more from dusk till dawn. It's so, so clearly tacked on. I don't care. I loved it. I think this <laughs> this last scene redeems the whole end of the movie to me. It's uh, all it was all worth it because I love him in that cowboy hat and vest. He's just like I loved Cowboy Arnold. He he does it. It, it was entertain. It was tone. It, okay, to me it was the, the tone did not match at all, so it was confusing to me. Now what I will say is that I did enjoy it, but I don't. I feel like it's an ending to the Last Stand or a different movie post oh, yeah. Governor. You know, kind of return and a it, better movie probably. Yes, and probably to a better movie. That whole the whole last shootout the whole scene, I feel like it nailed every single detail. It doesn't miss a beat. I think that's even though it doesn't fit at all. I love the texting bodyguard just not paying attention. Yes. I love he goes in there and he finds Bruno, and Bruno's about to do like he's about to do a bump of cocaine and he puts a gun to the guy's head and he still does the cocaine. <laughs> he just, just like, still I'm, does it. Has to get the last word in about you know actually some horrific stuff with uh, Breacher's wife. Yeah, but he takes the high ground and says, "I could go after your family, but I'm not like you." Yep. Uh, you know, which I think works. And again, tonally, it doesn't. It does not fit with what I think this character was supposed to be. But no, but but in a vacuum, 
as yeah. an isolated scene. As an ice, as an isolated scene, it is a lot of fun. What I love the most, completely implausible but fun. He's you know he he's killed. I, you'll have to get the body count, but he's done it with pistols, yeah, not automatic weapons. He has taken what appears to be what I've taken away from the movie a fatal shot, but he's 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 closed the circle. But it's great that he still has time for his cigar and to finish his drink. That that was fantastic. And and the the music cue at the end too. This is and the music is. Uh, by a guy named David Sardi, who I've never heard of, and he's not—he hasn't done a ton of stuff. But the the music at the end of this movie, where it's just—it's just a really cool, like, just badass. Like, he's done it, and he's gotten his revenge, and he's just gonna have his drink, and you know, and he's and gonna sit, die. And yeah, and, and I was gonna ask you for your opinion about that, of whether Barnold is on the body count. Because, yeah, no, I I think he's on the body. You know, I think so too. He bleeds out shortly after, you know, the credits. Which is funny you mentioned the music here because really you haven't mentioned it anywhere else and there's not much to mention in this and it's, it's a weakness in the movie. Well, there's just not a lot of music in general. It's it's played in a kind of more like realistic way. It's not, you know, there's... There's, I mean, there's I think, some, it's just not a ton. In the action scenes, there's definitely music, but it's, yeah. it's not necessarily noticeable. It's not, it doesn't stand out in any way. But this, I don't know what it is about this this music cue at the end or just, just like, it's just like pounding drums. And it's just like, it's so it's it's weirdly triumphant in a movie... That hasn't earned that triumph in any way, but somehow that scene and that music and everything just all—it all came together. I just think that's a great ending to an otherwise very deeply flawed movie. I, in terms of, it felt more tonally like an old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It was fun. It did not feel like it fit with this. And I wondered who. What's funny is if it was a rewrite of an ending, I wonder where and who it came from. I don't know. I I, I thought it was great. I thought the ending was great. I thought the fir- like the first hour and twenty minutes of this movie, I was really enjoying. It falls apart, and then it picks up the pieces and puts itself back together again in that last Humpty scene. Humpty Dumpty, it redeems itself. Yes, I, I, you know, I don't know if I would necessarily say I would recommend this movie because it's not a good movie, but uh, I enjoyed watching it, and I, I may end up buying this on Blu-ray. Oh wow, that I, I it, there's no way I would have ever thought you would say that. <laughs> Honestly, seriously. So for me, I mean, there were there were parts that I liked. It does have that that forty eight percent body fat. I will tell you is is a great line and and one of my <laughs> it, it's. I didn't know it existed, so it will go into my Arnold lines of some of my favorites. It's it's definitely not a movie that I would recommend, um, but I'm, I'm I am glad that I watched it and that we uh, we we've done the podcast on it now. It's certainly a big shift from Batman and Robin. So it, I'll yes, be, so I'm curious to see here, here where we're going from here since you've got the next pick. So I have the next pick, and we've we've got some business to tend to. So we got the body. The final body count was yes, it was thirty nine. Thirty nine, and in terms of graphicness, this probably will be the Commando will have a higher body count, but will not be anything in terms of stomach churning as the thirty nine in this one. But you know, statistics are statistics, and. That's as true. of now, it's still not our champion. Yes. As brutal as the violence is, Last Action Hero is still the reigning champion, Which is amazingly. so shocking. It is. Uh, and, 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 ter- are, and so now, the pun count, I don't think there could have been any in this. I, I was going to say, maybe you caught one that I missed, but as far as I can tell, we've oh. got a big fat goose egg. Big zero for the bad puns. Plenty of machine guns, but zero on the bad puns Yeah, it's disappointing. One. Not even one. I was, I was trying to find one. So uh, I have my my business tend to is the this will be the sixth rule in a crisis situation, which is if you don't know what to say, just curse as profanely as you possibly can. <laughs> you know, even if you know, 
if you, if you don't know what to say, like uh, the clip we played from Sam Worthington, exactly. He just literally the whole sentence is just uh, is just fun. expletives. Yeah, that's a good rule. I agree. So with the uh, with that business taken care of, it's what's what's on to next. So, so on we, the categories that are left uh, for those listening, we have weird early stuff, right? And we have pre-governor decline. Right. And then the last, which is already a predetermined, it will be uh, one of the Terminator movies. Yeah, we should have addressed it in case anyone's wondering why we're, we're not we're avoiding the Terminator. We just kind of decided, let's just finish up our season. We're going to do this eight-episode season, season in quotes. But uh, Terminator's going to come last. So basically, you've got your choice between... Weird early weird stuff? Weird early stuff. Or po- I mean, that, that's... That was pretty slim pickings there, but uh... it's slim pickings. But I'm very excited. And I wanted to go with weird early stuff. Okay, uh, so I'm very excited. I have selected "Stay Hungry," hmm. and I'm going. I've I had to purchase this uh, a used copy. Um, you, I, we can rent it on Amazon, but it is not available any in any other sources. Um, so you can either stream it on Amazon uh, by either renting or buying. I decided to get a physical copy. So let me give you the, uh, the, the back of the, the jacket to stay hungry, starring Jeff Bridges, Sally Field, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I didn't even notice that you brought in the... the, the yeah, I, I snuck it in so you wouldn't see it. I did not see uh, it. So here's the synopsis. When entrepreneur Craig Blake buys a small gym, he fully expects to demolish the place to make room for a high-rise. Instead, he finds himself drawn into a world he never knew existed. From a perky gymnast who wears her hard hunter leotard to a philosophizing Mr. Universe hopeful. Oh my god, Which I'm so much looking forward to. Oh, I didn't know that was a part of that movie. The freewheeling spirit of the gym touches Craig in a way he never expected and plunges him into a hilarious off-the-wall plot to stop his high-rise from ever rising. I don't know if that's a double entendre with him. I have no idea. Right. I am so looking forward to this movie. And this will be our second in a row for me. I don't know if you had seen Sabotage before. I don't think so. No, not before. This will be number two in a row for me uh, that I have never seen before. This one, more than Sabotage, I am very looking forward to this. That definitely sounds very interesting. It's funny because uh, I'm going to get uh, a lot of 70s Jeff Bridges in my life because recently I just watched uh, King Kong 76. Wow, I've never seen that. <laughs> it's not good. Okay. It's fu- well, it, it's funny because uh, this is a, a tangent, but uh, as a kid I thought I'd seen King Kong 76, but I hadn't. I'd seen the sequel to that called, I think, Kong Lives or something. Linda Hamilton is in it. I, I remember even as a kid thinking, like, this is terrible. This is a bad movie. And I wanted to watch it again just to remind me to see like, how whether my memories. But, yeah, King, I mean, don't watch King Kong 76. It's not good. But Jeff Bridges is in it, and so now I'm going to get more 70s Jeff Bridges. I watched Tron like a month ago, too. It's, uh, you know, You're getting, all kinds of 70s Jeff Bridges coming, coming at me. Well, this one uh, I'm, I'm very excited for. Yeah, so it'll be uh, – I'm excited to watch it. It's another movie we've never seen. So, so uh, Stay tuned yeah, for Stay Hungry. Stay tuned for Stay Hungry. That'll be our next episode. Uh, again, we said earlier this is the first one going up since we've started putting these up. So if you enjoy the podcast, definitely like tell your friends. Give us a good review on iTunes, run your uh, podcast app of choice. Cause you know, we're not getting a ton of listenership yet. It's not, you know, we're doing this just for fun. We're not, we're not expecting this at the world on fire, but you know, it'd be nice if people are listening. So if you, if you enjoy it, spread the word, it'd be much appreciated. We appreciate you listening for sure. Yep. Appreciate it. And, uh, as noted, you can reach out to us, uh, for, you know, in multiple different channels. Uh, and we certainly, if there are movies or suggestions, uh, as we go along, we're, we're certainly open to them. Yeah, so you can reach us at uh, questions at bpamg.com. That's our email address. Uh, our Twitter account is at Bad Puns Podcast, so you can find us there. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, we're, we're a couple of months ahead of things. We're recording this 
in November. So this won't go up until January. So, uh, but we're definitely you know keeping an eye on all those uh, you know the email and the Twitter. So uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, anyway, that's that's the episode. It's very sabotage, strange movie, indeed. <laughs> so we'll see you next time when we talk about uh, Stay Hungry. We'll see you then. Films on March 28, 2014, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sam Worthington, Olivia Williams, Terrence Howard, Joe Mangiliano. <laughs> Let me. Uh, let's do it again. Man, Janello. Man, Janello. Right. I think it's Man, Yellow. Man, Yellow. Man, Yellow. I'm gonna write it down because I'm. Gonna... I don't even know. I, I, that's my guess. Man. But there isn't either. Manginello. I'm gonna go with. Should man- we? Should we look him up and just see if you can find, <laughs> find the phonetic pronunciation? I think it's Manginello. Or man, Mangello. Man, oh, you're, you were right. I think it, Manganello. Man. This says Manganello. Manganello. All right. Or is it man? No, J. Right. Uh, J. Yeah, that's a J. man. Janello. Or maybe it, just, it says Mangganello. <laughs> Does it say it? I mean, can you can you get an audio or no? Probably not. No, I don't think so. All right, wait. I don't. I don't think it's that important. Just say just say Manganello. I don't know if that's right. But. Okay, Manginello. Manginello. I think that's right. I'm going to go with Manginello. All right. Is it, is it Parano or Parano? It's probably Parano. It's Parano. Yeah, it's Parano. Manginello. <laughs> A lot of tough names this time. Manginello, Parano. Joe Manginello, Harold Parano, Josh Holloway, Mirai. 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 Damn it. I know, you, you drew the short straw with this one. I had the easy one last time with Clooney, and yes. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have anything that tough. Okay, Manginello.